3: Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions. Only one podcast roars ferociously it's the C3 Panthers Podcast. (laughs)
4: What's the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, the Professor, a.k.a. Tony Dunn. It's the C3 Panthers podcast, brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions. I'm hanging out in the Vivid Seat studios with my homeboys tonight, Cody Lashney in the house. How you doing?
5: Tony Dunn, we have made it through six weeks of professional football. Holy shit, we are on to a bye. The chat room is lit underground west. Antoine Anderson can die. Legacy, Lynn. Everything is rolling. I'm here wanting to talk about some Panther football. Tony Dunn ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll.
4: Who else we got in here tonight? CK's in the house. How are you doing, my friend?
3: Living the dream, man. Feeling a little under the weather, but uh, not uh, emotionally, just physically.
4: Well, you should be uh, happy because the Panthers are on a four game win streak. And uh, we, you know, I mean, things are looking up right now, except for the conversation tonight will not be one just of celebration, but the continued hair pulling out. You don't got any hair. You've already pulled it all out based on the Cam Newton conversation. Greg might pull his. Be- <laughs> Greg might pull his beard out. Look, he already pulled his hair out too. He might pull his beard out after we start talking about this cam stuff. Greg, the bat daddy, or I should I call you
6: the stat daddy. How you doing, my friend? Yeah. I'm doing great, man, but you always set me up after Cody Square and I can't I can't match what they have to say. So uh I'm just glad that we're halfway through the season almost. <laughs> we are in a position to win the division and we have the third best record in the NFL right now. So you know. I like it. We'll be, we'll be Cody. Tell them what we're going to be talking
4: about tonight. You said some pretenders. Are we trying to figure out who's real and who these pretenders the, are?
5: Yeah. So uh, if you've been listening to me on the show, I have this theory that you don't see what teams are legitimate until after week six of the NFL season. And that is where we are right now. So we're going to go over who we think the actual pretenders versus the real contenders who they are in the NFL right now. And I think we have some differing opinions. So that might uh, make a fun discussion.
4: We're also going to be talking about Cam Newton. And the story that has come out with Mike Freeman saying there could be upwards of 10 teams willing to trade for him. And the idea that the Panthers could be considering or at least I don't know what I don't even know how to say it in the way without just getting mad about it. But the idea is that, um, will cam newton come back when he will when does he come back and what will that situation look like if kyle allen keeps winning we'll you know peek a little bit at back at this buccaneers win right here talk a little dennis daly and also tonight, guys, we've got Peter Panacey with the Niner Noise, a longtime friend of the show, going to come on. And already we're got a, we are got a long time with the bye week ahead of us, but we're already preparing for this Niners team. So if you guys are ready to talk Panthers, go ahead and smash that thumbs up button, subscribe to the podcast. And remember, if you're trying to get to a game, check out Vivid Seats and use the promo code OVERTIME. They can save you up to $100 on your first ticket purchase. That's Vivid Seats promo code. Over time, let's get into it, guys. We can't not. I don't know if there will be a time. In fact, I've continued. I've been saying this is that until Cam Newton is not a Panther, and even probably after that for a while, there may not be a show we ever lead with with anything but Cam discussion. It is all. It's been this way for eight years. I see it for the rest of the time yeah. here. The Panthers win, guys. We extend the win streak to 4-0. and And then some rumors with an Adam Schefter report saying, uh, I don't know what it said, guys. What have you guys heard about the Cam stuff before I tell you what I've heard?
5: So everything uh, that I've heard is that uh, one anonymous AFC executive said that he knows at least 10 teams would be interested in trading for Cam Newton. Which uh, says a lot of uh, really high up people <laughs> in the NFL believe, believe that Cam that? Newton has juice left to him. Well, I mean, listen, this is just what people report. These executives, they'll they'll talk to people that they know in the media and you know, anonymously. But do I believe? Yeah, listen, I believe there are certainly people that would that would kick the bucket on Cam Newton at this point in time. You're going to tell me if you're the Tennessee Titans that you wouldn't love to have Cam Newton on your football team. I mean, they benched Marcus Mariota. The Bears, I, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of uh, people that still believe in, in Cam Newton. And the report even said that people inside the Panthers building believes that Cam has something left as well. So that's at least something to throw in there.
4: 89J Stubbs thanks for the support 399 love bomb in the chat room um it's uh when we talking about this 10 teams first of all i think this is all blowhard kind of shit i think this is guys puffing off at the mouth a little bit is that how do you calculate 10 teams of course, Tim. teams would be interested if it was a third-round pick or a fourth-round pick. Is it two first-round pick Right? I mean, these are weird questions. What is most interesting to me about this, guys, is that we're, I mean, this shows that Cam Newton is like, wh- why are people turning the page on him? Why are people turning yeah. the page on Cam Newton? And that goes out to, Cam, to Panther fans. The idea that, like, what we don't even know, like that
6: tells us that he can only be so hurt. Well, well you know, the thing that bothers me the most about this article—I actually didn't bother me the most—is the fact that Adam Schefter said it. Because if you're going to take something to the bank in the NFL or some kind of rumor, that's the guy you want to listen to, man. He—he's got a good inside on, or inside deal on what's going on, and he's usually pretty right when he brings something up. Like, he didn't put his name on something by having some kind of validity to it. So if he says that, that means there's definitely been talks and there's been uh, inquiries into what could happen if Cam Newton didn't come back and if we got rid of him. And it, that bothers me because that means, for me, it's, it's more of a real deal. CK, what I, have you heard about this?
3: You know, so there's a couple of things. Schefter's report, if I'm not mistaken, obviously they talk about the trade part of it, but I also believe that he talks about cam newton returning after the buy to practice so right. there's a positive spin that's involved there now what i what i think is an important to note with that report is it doesn't see carolina's fielding these offers it just says there is interest now the issue that i have and i think any body in their right mind would be able to agree if you put cam newton and kyle allen up on the block nobody's going to be going after kyle allen for a trade they're going to be That's going after Cam Newton for a trade. Right. Yeah. Let's be so, honest.
5: So, l- listen, I just want to jump in here, man. Uh, listen, I hate media in general. Mm. I hate sports pundits. I hate political pundits. They're all two-faced idiots that have an agenda, that, and, and they're just spewing this word vomit at you. And and there's, there's hardly no truth to it. I mean, you have people like Willie McGinnis and – And people on NFL Network talking about, oh, but this is Kyle Allen's team. You can't go back to Cam Newton after uh, what Kyle Allen's done because the same old shit that we've heard for years now. Cam Newton is inaccurate. Cam Newton uh, can't hit the middle of the field. Cam Newton isn't going to be able to get the ball to Christian McCaffrey like Kyle Allen is. And it's all BS, man. Everyone, there's like a built-in bias against Cam Newton. And the fact that no one is having the discussion that Teddy Bridgewater should be the long-term quarterback for the Saints, I mean, come on. It, it, it tells you the different standard that these two are held to. So, I mean, listen, my my opinion on this is well-known, but this is still Cam Newton's football team. And as of right now, there's not really even, in my mind, a discussion to be had because after all this shit that I talked about Ron Rivera, I don't believe that he's going to deny Cam Newton the starting job when he's healthy and ready to play.
4: I just want to go ahead and put this to bed. The idea that the Panthers would be considering trading Cam Newton or even not starting him when he's not healthy is the dumbest crap I've ever heard in my life. And I want to remind people that Kyle Allen, thank you very much for what you've done. I'm rooting for you to be great. I want you to be undefeated. I want the Panthers win the Super Bowl. I don't care if you're hoisting the, the trophy. But I promise you this, I'm not gonna forget what Cam Newton does and has done for this team for the last decade. And what, you cannot just tell me that this idea, the flavor of the week, that's what it is, is what have you done for me lately is the issue here and it is we haven't seen cam newton in a year really playing at an elite level okay i can remember a year ago i know that cam newton can do all of the shit that kyle allen has done to this point i'm thankful kyle allen has played well i'm thankful that he has helped us and contributed to winning four games but i know that cam newton could do the same damn thing and and a lot more and it's not a knock on it's not a knock on kyle allen we cannot just you cannot uh, the analogy guys is this is that if you're a married man and you're in a good marriage like i am with my wife we've been together married 13 years now right that woman has helped me become the man i am and she makes me better every day of my life but I can't, if the first 20-something-year-old that cuts me some eyes and smiles at me and is, I mean, yeah, maybe they're kind of cute. Maybe they got a decent personality. But to think that you just jump ship and go off with this young little girl and that you're going to be better for it, it's a mistake. And before you kick your woman to the curb, we got to remember Kamina, Auntie Cam, all of it, we love you.
5: And, and I just want to say, say jump in and say one more thing real quick here. And I, I believed what I said at the start of this season that you have not seen the best version of Cam Newton that there is to have. okay? But he injures he his foot in the preseason. and then all the work that he's put into changing the way he plays, uh, it, it all it, it derailed the whole process. I'm saying Cam Newton has put his body through too much and done too much for this football team, for him to be denied the opportunity to present the best version of himself for this football team and for his teammates. I love what Kyle Allen is doing, but anyone that thinks Kyle Allen is doing something that Cam Newton can't do, I, I, I question how much you know about football. And that's all the people who get paid money to talk about this as well
4: go ahead ck
3: so one of the things that i you know i love this being able to show how biased um as a as not only a society but as a as a nfl uh, organization the media fans are so i want you to put two things in perspective Cam Newton had a really bad second half of the season last year because of an injury, right? Correct. Drew Brees had a bad half of the season, end of the season last year as well, just based on fatigue, right? So Drew Brees comes in, he gets hurt pretty early on this season. Well, because he's going to be back later, they're crowning them because, well, now we won't see that fatigue later on. He's going to be fresh for the postseason. But what are we hearing with And they've run four in a row with Teddy Bridgewater. And Teddy Bridgewater hasn't been fantastic. Their offense hasn't been super efficient, you know, by any stretch. It's just the team is winning. Um, But with Kyle Allen, all of a sudden, he is the future. Cam Newton needs to go to the wayside, when in all reality, if I'm looking at it from the same perspective, Cam Newton should come back as fresh as possible and with as little wear and tear for the postseason when it comes around. So if you're looking at this from any other perspective and you think Drew Brees coming back is going to be an asset to that team when he had the exact same slump last year and just his team was a little better, then I think there is a bias and you need to look inward to find out why you're feeling that way.
4: Here's Ron Rivera, Here, here's Ron Rivera on Cam. Ron,
1: there's a, a report from last night from Adam Schefter about Cam Newton returning to practice after the bye week. Can you confirm that report? No, um, I
7: can't. Um, you know, I mean, the problem with it is you know, Cam has epitomized you know what 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 we asked of him of, of being a captain. He's been there and supportive of his teammates, you know, he's been around. And, and when we met, you know, when we first got together and talked about this, you know, we told him, hey, we're not going to put pressure on you. We, you know, we're we're going to we're going to hold tight. We'll hold the fort down. Our guys will play. So until you know he's a hundred percent, until he's ready to roll, we're not going to address it. I mean, he's done everything we've asked, and you know, and, and the people have been you know well, Watkins not been around. He's been around. We just don't want them standing on the sideline for four and a half hours, you know, for no reason. And and uh, and that's the unfair thing about it. You know, we didn't want to take them on eight and a half hour, nine hour flight. Um, so I think people need to, to understand that, that the young man done everything we've asked. I'm trying to stay true to what I told him. I'm not going to put that kind of pressure on. And so until we have it confirmed with our doctors and stuff like that, you know, we're going to, you know, continue to do what we're doing. You have to be, you said. All
4: right, so there's Ron Rivera on the Cam Newton situation. Uh, this just one thing continued is that SmokeWagon, at SmokeWagon underscore SZN, I'm pretty sure that he may have written for us at one time. He said this. They were moving on, this is on Twitter, and this caused the biggest fight I've ever, one of the biggest fights I've been in on in like a month. They were moving on from him after his, this year, healthy or not. Roughly 20 million reasons why. Everyone thinks this is sudden based on the injury, when in fact the injury just moved up the timetable. This was the plan when they invested a third-round pick into Will, Will Greer. And I just call bullshit completely on that perspective. Is the idea that any our plan had something longer. The, Ron Rivera and Marty Herney... If cam their whole plan this year was if cam didn't work, they likely were out of a job. They are very fortunate at this point that things are going well, and right now we're not you know I mean things are going on the uptick, but if we would have lost all these games to this point, even if we were close, no more Ron Rivera, no more Marty Herney, no more Kyle Allen, it would have been a completely new era so that's that's that um Pete. Peter Panacey is here. He came in early. I thought we had nine uh, 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 15 minutes from now. Pete from NinerNoise.com, welcome back to the C3 Panthers podcast.
1: What's going on, guys? Can you hear me all right?
4: We can. Uh, live and clear. clear.
1: Perfect. That's what I want to hear.
4: Uh, so, well, we've been uh, – is and we'll take a, a brief break from this and we'll pivot to the 49ers for a few minutes just a, and, and since you're here. And let's ask this is – you guys are on a winning streak, too. You're, except for this one, I, I don't know. Did you expect this team to to start out with the ex- success that they have?
1: No, no, not at all. Um, I think a lot of us were looking at the start of the schedule and probably thought, you know, you get to, to five games in, probably thought maybe three and two would be really, really good. Niners started off their season with two straight road games, one down in Tampa Bay. And I don't think anybody really thought the Bucks would be good, but, you know, that's down in the Florida heat and humidity. Road games are always tough. Niners have one won on the road in a while. Steelers at home in week three at that time, nobody thought Ben Roethlisberger would be out, but he was out. And uh, I think a lot of people looked at the Rams as – you know, the team to beat uh, in the NFC West for sure, and arguably even uh, the entire conference. So to start off 5-0 and is quite the surprise. And uh, if you're the 49ers, you, it's it's time to start getting greedy, you know, start looking at, uh, at pulling off these games, not letting up off the gas pedal.
4: So we brought you in because we're on a bye week this week, but when we come off the bye, we have to tra- travel to San Francisco. So there's a little time, and the team and the dynamics of you guys will change before then, but right now San Francisco has to make a trip east uh, to to go to Washington, which you would think will be quick and easy work. You want to try to get out of there healthy there, but um, you know you guys have been you haven't been playing the best teams so far, and you continue to get another easy one here. Pete, do you need a statement from your team going on the road telling the, telling everyone they are for real? I mean, I don't think the Redskins are the team to do it against. I mean, the Rams were the one that kind of made you for real.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, you look at these last two teams, the Browns and the, uh, the Rams. You know, the first three weeks I would have said, okay, you know, uh, you're playing some – so-so at best squads you know mason rudolph and the steelers um but i mean everybody was talking about the browns this offseason they were jumping up and down saying they're fc north champions and the browns pummeled the ravens the week before they played the 49ers and uh and the niners held them to three points you know 31 to three i mean that was a pretty big statement game on monday night football and baker mayfield's passer rating was like 13 or 17, or something like on just a ridiculously low amount that you don't see. Um, and then, of course, the Rams, they were banged up, but so were the 49ers. The 49ers were banged up too, or down um, two starting tackles, Mike McGlinchey and Joe Staley, um, short in the secondary as well. So uh, I think these last two games have been statement games. Um, of course, when you start to look at the back end of the schedule, teams like the Panthers, teams like the Ravens, you got the Packers looming. Uh, the Saints are looming as well. Um, those are the games that people are going to pay attention to. But, again, if you're San Francisco, like I said, now's the time to get greedy.
5: Peter, this is Cody. How are you, man? What's happening, Cody? How you doing? Chilling, man. So uh, we're, we're going to do a segment later on tonight uh, that, that I've, I've, I've kind of teased. Uh, And, you know, I have this theory that in the NFL, you don't see who the real contenders are until after week six. Uh, We've seen so many teams just fall off a cliff, so many really strong teams to start, and then they just fizzle out. Well, right now, I'm kind of trying to figure out what the 49ers are. Are they a legitimate contender to win that division? Or is another Russell Wilson-led Seahawks team going to win the NFC West? Right now... What is your biggest area of concern for this 49ers football team? You have that vaunted defensive line, but what, what about your offense and your team as a whole? Do you feel confident that this is a winning football team as we get into the month of November?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think you do. Yeah, I I, I have to think that way.
7: Um, you Of know,
1: course. <laughs> the 49ers are going in with um, – it, it's so interesting because you look at a Kyle Shanahan led offense, and you're think it's going to be, you know, dynamic passing and a really intricately timed offense. And you know, you remember what Matt Ryan and the Falcons were doing back in 2016. Uh, but what the 49ers have turned into this year is a run the ball down your throat play stout defense, get after the quarterback with four-man rushes, take pressure off the secondary. Um, I mean, there's a three-headed monster at running back with Matt Breida, Raheem Mostert, and Tevin Coleman. And the Niners have run the ball. Um, I don't know in terms of I, – I think they're so close to the top, but entering Sunday they were averaging 200 rush yards a game. I mean, that's insane. And, yeah. you know, all these other teams out there with uh, – you know, dynamic offenses, you know, you, you, teams that, that, that can move the ball through the air, um, you know, like the Saints, when Drew Brees comes back, um, you know, I, I'm not going to use the Falcons as an example because they're terrible. But, you know, what you think the Falcons could do, uh, all the Niners are doing right now is saying, we're not going to let you on the field. We're going to run the ball and pick up five, six yards per carry. And then when you're on the field, there's five defensive linemen who are drafted in the first round. And so those guys are going to be swarming. Uh, the other thing too, to keep in mind about that defense travels, usually a good running game travels. Um, so when the Niners wind up having some of these tough road contests, those are the, going to be the aspects that wind up going on. And if that's the formula, if, if people stay relatively healthy, the Niners have been tested injury wise already, but if people stay relatively healthy, yeah, they're, they're going to be a contender. Seahawks are dangerous. Of course. Um, they're one game behind the 49ers or a half game. They played one more game, but they have a loss. Um, so uh, they're dangerous, but there's a lot on that team that's just Russell Wilson, and their defense is you know, so so at best. So that'll be that'll those will be two fun games down the stretch as far as the NFC West is concerned.
6: Hey, hey Pete, this is the Bat Daddy man. How you doing, bud?
1: It's i Batty. How are you doing?
6: I'm doing all right, man. Um, you know, going on to what Cody was saying earlier about we're going to do our segment later with pretenders and contenders, uh, and and. While I look at the 49ers, and I, I agree, you guys have an amazing rushing attack, and you have a really le- legit defense. I mean, if you don't, you got like you said, you got five first rounders on the, on the front line, and that, that's amazing. I look at y'all's division, and I look at the Seahawks and the Niners, who are have one loss between the two teams. Neither one of y'all have played a team that's over five hundred, with the exception of the Seahawks. They played the Ravens, and they lost to them. So uh, when when I look at like I, I, I've got to see more. You know, I've, I've got I've got to see more of of contending teams fighting against this division before I put my faith in this division because the Seahawks are good every year. You know, I, I'm a huge Russell Wilson fan. I think he's a phenomenal quarterback. He's first ballot Hall of Famer. But I'm just looking through y'all's schedule right now, y'all's schedule and the Seahawks schedule, and y'all have played nobody like like absolute nobodies. And I'm not saying that y'all are not a good team. Y'all are fake, but I want to see y'all play somebody that is actually at least 500 before I start to put my, 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 eggs in that basket, because you know, the, the competition means a lot. Uh, I think when you got, what you guys finished last year?
1: It was four body? wins, four wins, four, four and
6: 12. Yeah. So y'all you, so you have, should have an easy schedule ahead of you. Uh, so, so what do you think? Do you, and I know this is kind of touching on what you were just talking about. Uh, you know, do you think that they're going to continue when they start to see more competition, uh, to, to dominate like they are because they're dominating right now. A lot of teams are playing. Or do you think they're going to kind of regress to the mean as the season goes
1: on? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's projecting way far out. I mean, the Rams were above a 500 team until Sunday. Shot them down to 500. It's, it's by Jared Goff. Oh, you can't use play action. Now what? Um, but, you know, I mean, I, I think a lot of 49 fans want to see that, um, you know, based off what you've seen from the offense and uh, and from the defense, I mean, the pass offense hasn't been overly dynamic. Niners are still waiting for a wide receiver to step up, but hey, George Kittle's doing good. Um, yeah. So yeah, you're going to be circling those games like the Ravens in in what December? Uh, I, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but that's going to be a winter game in Baltimore. Uh, the Packers, the Saints, the Seahawks, the you know, Panthers. They, they just, the Panthers come into town. If that was, you know, I, I would, I would be, uh, our defense. Worried on that on the road for that game. At, at home, it, it, you know, I, I don't know how well Carolina's traveling this year, but uh, oh, we're traveling you know, well. The, no problem, no problem. We so, actually so our
4: home good. games are where we stink. Is <laughs> that <laughs> it's so weird? How that
1: works? Yeah. are well, like what? what's going on? So, yeah. but I mean, yeah, the second half of the schedule is brutal, and, and I was going on. um, can-BR, the uh, 49ers flagship flagship station just before the regular season started. And, uh, you know, just looking at the, uh, the back end of San Francisco's schedule, you look at those final five games at Baltimore at new Orleans home against the Falcons. Falcons are playing like a pop Warner team. um, Uh, Versus the Rams, the Rams aren't as good as we thought. And then at Seattle, um, you know, those last five games. And then the last six games um, in week 12, it's uh, hosting the Packers. So, you know, that stretch is going to be a real challenge for San Francisco. So, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, there's going to be a need for that. I won't say a statement game. I think the 49ers have made statements the last two weeks by dominating their opponents. But now the next challenge is – you need to go up against a team that is, you know, a, maybe a, a one or a two loss team this deep in the season and and either win a tough, gritty, hard-fought game because that's a statement. Yeah. You know, if if Carolina and the Niners are going back and forth you um, it winds up being a 24-21 game or, you know, same thing with the Packers or, you know, one of those Seahawks games, same thing. Um, then, yeah, you know, that that would be a statement win of another kind. And uh, I think that's kind of be the next step for the 49ers in order to kind of keep that, hey, look, you're at the top of the league right now as far as uh, as where your standings are.
3: Okay.
6: Kind of a hey, round uh, question,
1: but try to answer it as best I can. <laughs> no, you're hey, kidding, this man. is CK.
3: Um, man, I, uh, I, I just wanted to uh, – this is going to be – I'm going to start out with a statement. I, I think that all Panthers fans can understand. Uh, we – were in the exact same boat in twenty fifteen. Oh, they're not really playing anybody good. Wait till they get to Seattle. Wait till they get to Green Bay. Wait till they get to the Colts. Wait till they and, true. and and so we, everybody had that same mentality. Oh, they're the they're the uh the weakest undefeated team out there. And then all of a sudden we go fifteen and one that season get to the Super Bowl. I don't think it's fair to write them out quite yet. Now at this point, I think it is fair to say, you know, the five hundred thing yeah, they, they, the Rams were about 500, absolutely, uh, before you guys faced them. But Jared Goff is also in the bottom 10 as far as quarterback rating over the past 10 games. Um, so, I mean, he, they've been winning in spite of him uh, it, rather than because of him and and obviously not having Gurley. But that's not to take away from the fact that you guys dominated every aspect of that game. It wasn't just a uh, a clear cut. We We took one piece away. You took every piece away. Uh, that they could have possibly put out there did the same thing to the Browns I I think that it's it's fair to say that it's 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 dangerous to underestimate the 49ers I do think that it's uh, fair to say that uh, the this not this week against the Redskins but your test against the Panthers with that defense going against Shaw's defense it's going to be an interesting day and I'm really excited to see it but nonetheless um, I just wanted to make a statement no question
1: yeah, and I think one of the things that is it's it's actually good. And I remember this from 2015. Um, the Panthers use that to their advantage. I mean, there was a lot of chatter saying, "Hey, oh, you guys haven't played anybody. Look at your schedule. The teams that uh, you've gone up against aren't that good." And I can't remember where I read it, but there was. Yeah, maybe it was on Bleacher Report or something like that. But there was there was some chatter coming out saying, you know, the Panthers locker room was like, yeah, okay, keep doubting us. Keep keep, uh, oh, yeah. keep saying those things. It's it's great. We appreciate it. You know, it's making us want to go out there the next week and just pummel who's next. Oh. And the 49ers are doing that right now. Um, the last two weeks, Richard Sherman's comments to the press. He's like, hey, if you said we were a four-win team during, you know – The preseason, consider us a four-win team. If you said that we're not that good, keep saying that we're not that good. Don't go back and forth or whatever. And I think what he's doing – I mean, obviously the media is going to say whatever they want. But I think what he's doing is kind of using that chippiness to to push – you know, the rest of the, the, rest of the team, you know, kind of get it a chip on it on their shoulders. Um, and that's a wise move. I mean, you feel about how the Panthers steamrolled through the playoffs and into the Super Bowl, and, you know, you're kind of blinking going, well, really they d- look at their offense, look at what they did. Like wh- who cares what they played? They're you know, 15 and one, you know, like yeah. at that point it doesn't matter anymore. Um, and so, yeah. So I think if a team can use that to their advantage, hey, look, everybody keeps doubting or questioning or saying that we're pretend or fake. Um, use that to your advantage. But use that as a motivating factor.
4: I think here what we can take away from this, and actually, I'm certain of this, is that first teams can only play the teams that are on their schedule, right? Is yeah, that yeah. is so? Who you know, you can only win the games that are on your schedule. You can't beat other teams. And the second part of this is the only reason if you are that people think you're a bad unbeaten team at all or even a bad team that's winning is just because those individuals didn't see it happening before the season started so the idea was that this was predetermined that the rams were going to be at the top of the division seattle would be next and then the the 49ers would be at the bottom at this, that was predetermined, or, or not at the bottom, but Arizona being at the bottom, and since that isn't matching, that is the only reason people are concerned about whether or not the team is a good four win team or a bad four win team or whatever it is. I think though, what you talked about was is you're winning in a different way than what was expected with a Kyle Shanahan team, the defense, the run game. And to speak to that, can you turn the tables a little to Jimmy Garoppolo? Do you, what are your thoughts on Jimmy Garoppolo? Is he kind of coming into it a little bit more? Is he getting better from week to week? Um, or is that Jimmy Garoppolo we saw in week one and week two or against the Steelers was terrible too? Who is Jimmy Garoppolo?
1: Well, he's getting better. I'll, I'll give him that. And, um, this is one thing that I think a lot of us uh, kind of have to remind ourselves here and there. Uh, uh, he's started what now? Um, like fifteen games, probably. Fifteen games, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fifteen games. I mean, I mean, that's 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 not a lot. So you're going to have those growing pains. Having missed almost all of last year with the ACL injury and something else too that um, that caught my attention. I was listening to Steve Young. Um, uh a few weeks ago and he was talking about how when a when a, a quarterback comes back from an acl injury um you know you're gonna favor that leg you're not gonna put the same weight and he was kind of going over, and over all the descriptions of planting and if you don't plant quite the same way because you're favoring it you'll miss high or you'll you know not be able to lead your target quite as normally as you could and there's th- those are the problems that you're seeing a little bit where the throws are a little off target um his footwork has been great, and you know anybody who is a student of the West Coast, excuse me, West Coast offense will know, footwork is what drives a quarterback in the West Coast system. So I think what's happening is that Garoppolo is kind of going through those first full year blues, if you would, where he's been good, not great. Um, he's had some up and down games. Um, the Niners have figured out how to win either because of him or. In spite of him, I mean, there's been some games that have been terrible, that five turnover game, Um, but at the same time, if you start thinking about what he could be like when he finally is hitting his stride, that's when the offense starts to get really scary, and the ground games there, any West Coast offense is going to like play action, Um, but... Cal Shanahan's offense and Jimmy Garoppolo don't necessarily need play action like Jared Goff does. I've been saying that for a few years now, um, but it's it's sort of it it, it okay. I guess this in, the, in a nutshell, okay quarterbacking with a lot of room to get better, a lot of signs it can get better, um, and just hopefully not making up the not making enough mistakes where it's going to wind up costing the team. And you know that Week Three game against Pittsburgh was probably as close as it's come this season.
5: Peter, talk to me a little bit uh, about your secondary. So, as as I'm sure you know, we have uh, essentially a quarterback who's learning on the job, and Kyle Allen. Uh, he didn't play a lot in college, and he's having to come in and quarterback the Panthers while Cam Newton is having a foot injury. Um, I, I from just from what I've seen, it seems as though the 49ers really do have a, a really good secondary. They seem fast. They play the football. My question to you is, is your secondary, is that just a product of your pass rush being so vigorous and getting home? Or do you actually have one of the better defensive backfields? And just overall, how do you feel about the corners and the safeties on the 49ers right now?
1: Uh, Well, it's kind of a yes and yes question. So, um, it is the beneficiary of a good pass rush. You know, I, I subscribe to the notion that a secondary is only as good as its pass rush allows it to be. Um, and, gosh, last year the 49ers were you know, towards the bottom in sack production. So what do they do this offseason? They go trade for D Ford. He's been outstanding. Uh, they draft Nick Bosa, who's been – Outstanding. literally took over the Monday night football game against Cleveland um, and paired them with DeForest Buckner and Eric Armstead, two former first-round picks. Um, so the pass rush has definitely helped. But at the same time, you're getting some really good play out of guys – one, guys that you would expect who would be good. Richard Sherman, obviously. Kowan Williams, the nickel corner, has been phenomenal this year. He's always been good, but he's been phenomenal this year. Uh, Jimmy Ward, another firm, former first-round pick, uh, has been playing free safety. Uh problem with him is he's banged up all the time. He's always hurt. He's landed on injured reserve and all, but I think one of his seasons so far all but two or uh, no all but one of his seasons at the pro level but he's been playing exceptionally well at the top of the defense Jaweski tart um samford guy um strong safety's been playing well here's the interesting story though so akella witherspoon is the number two corner he covers the right side of the offense he's out um with a foot injury and he may or may not be um uh, on the field when uh the panthers come to town um Maybe. He he might be back on October 27th. But in his place is this undrafted free agent named Emmanuel Mosley. And if, if you guys don't have anything to do and you've got, like, NFL game pass or something, go back and watch some of the Emmanuel Mosley tape. Uh, he's been the fill-in corner for Witherspoon. And, I mean, you'll see him on that Monday night football game you know, breaking up a pass intended for Jarvis Landry, um, using the sideline to box out Odell Beckham Jr. He had something similar against uh, 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 Brandon Cooks on on Sunday. So it's like, you know, you're seeing these players in the secondary rise up. And um, as a result, 49ers, I just looked at the stats today, today, the number one pass defense in the NFL right now. So it's kind of a combination of both, certainly influenced by that defensive front getting home.
5: All and right. one more, oh, and yeah, one more real quick, yeah, one more quick question for you. Have you been, uh, I mean, really in all his time there, have you been happy with the signing of Richard Sherman? Has he been the cornerback the that he was for the for the Seahawks? And, and has he been more than just a veteran presence for your backfield?
1: Yeah, yeah, he has been. And you saw this last year. Last year he was still dealing with some of the, the recovery of the Achilles injury. And, and, you know, he said that it was like, He had staples in his ankle, and he said it was like playing with staples in his ankle. Um, This year, he's been on point, and what's been good about it, I mean, Richard Sherman's not the fastest corner out there, pretty physical, you know, there's no doubting that, but he's also one of the most cerebral guys, and you factor in a lot of the other defensive backs. Uh, Most of them are young, you know, first, second, maybe third-year players. Jimmy Ward's a little older, but uh, they're young guys. And so you have that veteran presence, plus a guy who's won a Super Bowl, um, and then plus a guy who's kind of got a little chip on his shoulder anyway. You you hate him when he's on the other team, but when he's on your team, it's like, hey, great. Um, But he's been every part. I mean, I was looking at the stats today. I was writing a piece about – I was ranking the top 10 Niners defenders that will go out tomorrow on Ninernoise.com. Uh, But yeah, anyway, and uh, I was looking up Sherman's uh, numbers and I think opposing quarterbacks targeting him have either it's a it's like a like a passer rating of, I think, like like 50-something and a completion percentage that's super low. So he's doing his job on his end of the field, which you know, just takes away that area of coverage but puts more pressure on the other guys, the difference being this year the other guys elsewhere on that side of the field are responding.
4: I, I tell you one thing is Richard Sherman leads the league in the most handsiest of, of cornerbacks I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. He pass interferes oh. on every damn play, I feel like, and he almost – I don't know how he gets away with it. Um, so go ahead, Greg, you got a question. We'll get, we'll get Pete out of here in just a second.
6: Yeah. Just one real quick question, man. I want to talk to you about the three headed monster you guys have. Um, one thing I've noticed with teams that, uh, continually win well is it doesn't matter how well you pass the ball. Cause I've seen teams pass for 500 yards and lose games consistently, but generally a team that can win on the ground as dominant as you guys have tend to win a lot, win a lot of games. Now, do you think that that three-headed monster you have is going to continue? Do you think it is a trend, or do you think like by, by the end of the year, it's got to get happen- better? Yeah. Coleman is just getting into—he's just getting in the groove. Yeah, I, I know, but but what I mean is like, do, do, well, okay, basically, what I'm saying is, do you think that this this dominance on the running game it has to do with the teams you played, or do you think you are legit? Back to teams? it. We're back I to that question. Huh? <laughs> Go ahead, Pete
1: no it's it's a legit rushing offense and and that stems that goes to kyle shanahan um and it won't well, go to the shanahan system and it goes to mike shanahan um kyle and mike have a long history of of finding hidden gem running backs in the draft or these unknown guys. matt breeda is an undrafted free agent and have him on. well maybe not because he's splitting carries like crazy but like last year have him on your fantasy team um the guy has the guy's ranked as the Last year I know he was, and this year I think so far he is, the fastest player in the NFL, next-gen stats. and so Kyle Shanahan's offense is a rushing offense. The offensive linemen that he's picked up, Weston Richburg, Mike Person, uh, Mike McGlinchey, um, Niners' first-round pick a year ago, those are all primarily run-blocking guys. And so you're going to get the type of runners who are going to do that outside zone system. Now, the, the Niners rushed for just shy of 100 yards. Rams' run defense is pretty good, so that was kind of expected. But... Um, it's still, you know, whatever the 49ers are averaging on the ground per game right now is still pretty high. And that's going to be their bread and butter. So um, I expect that to continue. It's nice to have the three headed monster because if a guy goes down, Tevin Coleman went down in week one, um, you have two others you can rely upon. But I, I fully expect that's going to be, you know, the primary forte of San Francisco's offense going over um, the rest of the season. And I'll expect them to be at least. Top 10, if not in the top five of uh, of rushing yards, average yards per carry, that sort of thing. Okay.
4: Fantastic stuff, Pete. We're going to go ahead and get you out of here. I know you got a story coming out on NinerNoise.com. Um, where can they find you on Twitter as well?
1: That's just my name, at Peter Panacy, just like how it sounds, uh, P A N A C Y, um, putting some wise-ass remarks and everything like that so uh check me out on game days i'm usually over at Levi stadium hanging out in the press box giving you some stupid analysis of something so i'll be there pete
4: you've always been you're always welcome on the show thanks for carving out some time for us tonight
1: absolutely guys looking forward to doing
4: it again all right man have a good one all right guys that's peter Peter. that's peter panacee niner you're listening to the c3 panthers podcast brought to you by carolinacatchronicles.com uh go ahead and smash the thumbs up button subscribe to the show and also remember that look the panthers dominated last week in london with a win and a cover Panthers look to go on a five-game winning streak as they will use their bye week to gear up to face the undefeated San Francisco 49ers in a battle of the two of the NFL's hottest teams on October 27th. And there's no better way to enhance your watching experience than with my bookie. Six weeks of the regular season in the books and so much left to be decided. Still plenty of time to get on the action. Division odds, season awards, in-game wagering available to... That just scratches the surface. We've teamed up with MyBookie to give you a great offer. Sign up at MyBookie.ag and use the promo code Overtime. That's the promo code Overtime. They'll match your first deposit. Uh, MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Guys, um, all right, so we've heard a little bit about the Niners. What I think we should do is, Cody, should we go, should we pivot to the calls or should we pivot to the pretender?
5: Uh, Let's do the calls.
4: All right. All right, so we're going to go ahead. Look, first, this show is made because, look, people on the show are just fans of the <laughs> Carolina Panthers. People who dominate this show, right, are the people in the chat room, the people that, that call into the Cat Calls line. The number is 252-228-5098. You guys always bring the best conversation, and we love having you as part of the show. Let's see what you got to say this week.
8: So what are your
3: thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty s you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel?
2: Uh, very uncomfortable.
1: So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel?
2: It feels good like and three and a four and a who's that cat in the back
9: corner with face in that It's for Jada. Jada. Man. I, I think we really built the brand today. We did what we had to do. I've been telling people for a long time that this defense is for real. And we look more like a team every week. I just really hope the bye week doesn't take it out of us. I'm not going to be a negative Nancy, but I hope the bye week doesn't ruin our momentum. And the inevitable question of Cam versus Kyle, it's not a question to me. It's just you go with that hand. end. If Kyle loses a game and he really loses it himself, we have to pull him. But until he does that, why pull him out? And that's all I got to say. Love you guys. Keep pounding.
4: Um, all right. So, J-Dub brings the f- – thanks. First of all, J-Dub, thanks for the call. Uh, I I like a lot of this. For one is when we're talking about this team coalescing, that defense, the team is getting better each week. We talked about this in the post-game show, Cody. Right now it doesn't feel like a team that's flashing in the pan and continuing to talk about your theory of a game that you you don't know who teams are until midway through the season, the Carolina Panthers have told me that they're a team that is getting better from week to week, whether that's offensively, whether that's these receivers getting more experience, whether that's Kyle Allen getting more experience, and this defense coming together. How do you see this team right now, and are any concerns coming off the bye? Ron Rivera, historically not good after the bye.
5: And I feel like whenever we say that, we, we always win off the bye. Like, yes, I hear that. yes, we've been and saying then, it. <laughs> and then we, yeah, and then we end up winning. Uh, listen, man, I'm, I'm ecstatic with this football team right now, man. I think we're firing on all cylinders. Uh, and we're, you know, even Peter Pansey was kind of talking about it with his 49ers. You know, we have the, the two things that travel well. We have a vicious defense. And by the way, shout out to the number of people contributing to our pass rush. Vernon oh. Butler has come alive. You know, Effie uh, Bada is doing things. Christian Miller. Brian Burns goes without saying. And then Bruce Irvin and Mario Addison. Like, everyone's playing a role. I just named a bunch of people that are contributing to this football team. We have a vicious pass rush. And we can put multiple guys on the field that can affect the quarterback. Um, and, and we have the best middle linebacker in the NFL, and Shaq Thompson playing out of his mind. I, you know, we have a caller from Utah that says we have the best defense in the NFL. And I'm with him, man. I don't care what the numbers say. I feel like that's going to play out. And then on the other side of the football, you have an MVP candidate and the best running back, in football right now, and Christian McCaffrey, and we can do so many things with him that, you know, we have the debate of Kyle Allen or Cam Newton, but really, even though we all know it should be Cam Newton, the offense runs through Christian McCaffrey right now, so as long as they're able to move the ball and run the ball and throw when, when they need to, I mean, I honestly feel we have one of the most well-rounded football teams in the NFL right now, and you know, there are some other good teams that I can't say that for. The Bears just have a great defense, and they're kind of whatever on offense. There's a few teams that are kind of like that. So I'm incredibly happy and hopeful about the Carolina Panthers right now.
6: The Packers are like that.
4: Oh, gosh, that Greg. Fun. We're going to fight back. Greg, <laughs> Greg, I'm going to ask you this. is One of the things I don't like about the call when it comes to uh, J-Dub is the idea that the pressure that you put on Kyle Allen to the first game, like, oh, we're going to stick with you as long as you're not throwing an interception or you're not losing a game or anything like that. Like at the first loss that all of a sudden everybody is going to jump and abandon Kyle Allen ship. What I think is that I think that conversation also sheds sheds light on the opposite side of the coin. Where when Cam, if, if Cam does come back in, the first interception he throws or the first read that he doesn't make or the ball that is off six inches, are we going to go, oh, well, Cam Newton can't play football. Bench him. Bring in Kyle. I don't like the idea of one play or one game determining either of these guys' status with the Carolina Panthers. Now, if, if, if Cam Newton comes in and shits the bed – then uh, we could say, all right, well, maybe he's not ready. Maybe Kyle Allen is the hot hand. I just don't like the one-play-one-game mantra, dude.
6: No, no, I, I totally agree with you, man. And unfortunately, that's the world we live in. It's a what-can-you-do-for-me-now type world. Uh, and, and it's going to be like that. Uh, if Cam Newton comes back and they give him the opportunity to start again, the first time he has an off-throw, <laughs> the first time he has an interception or a bad fumble, something like that, He's going to get chastised for it. Uh, As far as Kyle Allen goes, I'd like to see him prevail. Uh, You know, pressure does two things. It first pipes or makes diamonds. So we're going to see what Kyle Allen's all about when he gets under some real pressure of either losing the job or playing a really good team. Uh, I I just, you know, like I said, I, I just feel like no matter what happens, Cam Newton is going to be and always has been under that microscope of the second you screw up, you're done. You know, I, I pointed out to Cody the other day, there was a pass in the last game where Kyle Allen threw it. I think it was the second quarter where Kyle Allen threw it to uh, to Greg Olson. And, and it was a 15-yard gain. And, you know, they, they the commentators ran with the game. and They played on whatever. But the commentators said, oh, what a great pass, what a great catch. But if you go back and look at it, it's a horrible pass and a really good catch. It was low and away. Olson had to dive for it. Now, because the commentators are talking about Kyle Allen, they say, "Oh, great pass!" because he made he made the completion. Cam Newton makes the exact same throw in the exact same spot, and the commentators say, "Oh well, if he'd put that in the right spot, that would have been a touchdown." And Ross, that's what sucks about it is, Ross, is there's so much bias. Huh? Ross
4: Gould in the Ross Gould in the chat room says, "If Cam gets a full week of practice, start him. CK, when I what I feel like I'm being very fair on this, CK is that. I am a, a Cam supporter. I'm a Kyle Allen supporter. And Kyle Allen has has not played fantastic at times, but I'm also saying he's been sensational. He's been I sensational thought. in my eyes because he has been a contributing positive contribution to this team going forward or at this moment. I am not ready to bench him yesterday when he threw or two days ago when he threw that one pass off. I don't think we should be like that with Cam or him. CK, where? how do you handle this if you're the Carolina Panthers? And then we'll move on to the next call.
3: I don't It's a loose-loose. I mean, really, if you think about it. I mean, let's just say Cam's healthy um, after the bye week. He could possibly pay, play against the 49ers. Well, if you play Kyle Allen and Kyle Allen just sucks, you know, wets the bed, well, the problem you run into is now you're going to say, all right, let's start Cam. What's going through Cam's mind? I was second choice at that point in time, right? Mm-hmm. You know, well, I, you know, I was ready. You guys still decided to go with him. You know, there's there's a mental game to this as well, so he doesn't feel appreciated. But then he has a bad game. It's now let's call. We're kind of in the same situation with Tampa Bay when uh Fitz Magic was happening with you know Jameis Winston. uh You know, I'm not going to sit there and say we're in the same boat, but I mean it's almost similar to where people were calling for you know Fitz Magic. Oh, let's go ahead and go with the hot hand and 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 see how that went um i think it's unfair uh to cam to not give him an opportunity to actually come back fully healthy and show what he's capable of because right now we haven't seen that in a very long time in almost an entire year and we're basing our assumptions off of uh off of injury plagued games that he's experienced
4: I just want to win. I just want to win. And uh, I think this is an unnecessary conversation almost. I agree. Right? Is that here. Is Cam ain't ready right now. So who cares? And if he is, and I don't want you to have any, I don't want him to have any doubt or anything. I want him to be 200% before he comes back. right?
5: And and, by the way, one more thing. Uh, CK, you made the perfect analogy on Twitter in my yeah. opinion. and if, if you can remember it, I'd like you to say it so yeah. you can get the credit for it. Go, go ahead and say it.
3: So, Kyle Allen, there, there's a couple of points that I made with this. Kyle Allen is basically Case Keenum from 2017 with the Vikings. A hundred percent. They didn't win because of Case Keenum. They won. Um, they didn't lose because of him either. Uh, right. and, and, and one of the lines that you know I said was, He's not making extraordinary passes. He's making passes that are expected of him. You know, those right. are things that any quarterback should be able to throw. He's not throwing dimes that are just – incredible. I mean, there are a few certainly, but like even if you look at the deep balls, there's nothing that's leading the receiver and allowing them to actually go and score a touchdown. It's A lot of times it's thrown short. And so there's not a – you know, you're not dealing with an elite quarterback. And so the problem you run into when you try to compare the two is it's just not a fair comparison. Um, you're looking at a at a skewed result from Cam during during injury plagued you know at games, and now all of a sudden we're here. The one thing I'll make a point of, and and you know if you go and look at Pro Football Focus, if you look at Next Gen stats, Cal Allen's throws are not where they should be. Like if they look at him, the catchable balls are there certainly, but where the ball should be placed, he's actually one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. It's just he's getting the ball in a catchable area, which is good news, but it's not the actual best. Uh, you know, it's not – the stats are misleading at this point. So, anyway. He,
6: he throws an easier-to-catch ball. I, I, I will say that. He throws an easier-to-catch ball than Cam Newton does. Uh, sometimes you don't need that 100-mile-an-hour zip, and that that can affect our receivers. But I think that is the difference. I don't think he throws the ball better necessarily. He throws it different. And no, because it's I, different. It's easier to catch ball.
4: Yeah, than, I mean, I
6: mean, and we're also thinking of Cam
4: Newton and the moments when he's thrown the missiles. He's also thrown, you know, good. You know, it's unnecessary. Yeah, it's unnecessary. Yeah, is it, it's it's, remember this? Is that thank you, Kyle Allen. Sensational, sensational, sensational. But here is the thing: is that the Panthers had five interceptions, a fumble turnover. Right? I mean, like we've been sacking the the. It, he's been getting a little help. Right, and a and it's not and it's win. not like our offense has. Yeah, that's what. Hit me up. That's what I was saying. Hit me up with those numbers you said because the idea is, and it's not a knock on Kyle, but we have to remember that sticking Cam right there in this type of momentum with the defense playing like this
6: could mean better things – Would would mean better things. Go ahead, Stat Daddy. Hit him. Yeah, I'm gonna step down the Stat Cave real quick. Uh, So, games one through two, our defense allowed 25 points a game. The defense scored zero touchdowns. They had one interception, zero forced fumbles, and four sacks. Games three through six, we allow 20 points per game, which is five points less, so almost a full touchdown less. They have one touchdown on defense. They have eight interceptions compared to one, five forced fumbles compared to zero, and 24 sacks compared to four. Excuse me, 23 sacks compared to four, okay? So when you break those numbers down with the interception and the 5-4 fumbles, you're looking at 12 more possessions among four games. So that's three more possessions a game that, that Kyle Allen's had than Cam Newton's had. And that's just counting turnovers. That's not counting sacks on third, second, third down that cause more possessions. So you're probably looking at close to five extra possessions for Kyle Allen in a game than Cam Newton had. So when you really look at it like that, it's not even a fair comparison, man. If you give me five more chances to do something than I gave you, it's not going to be fair, you know? And I'm still putting up the same amount of points with five less five less chances to do it.
4: It's a great know? story. It's a great story. Our defense has been fantastic. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. The number's 252-228-5098. Next call.
2: This is Joe from Oregon. What's up, fellas? What's, um, what's up, Joe? Joe? Just got the update on my phone. Cam Newton is healthy. Um, pretty he obviously, he has to practice for a full week. But obviously, this by is going to help. Um... If he practice the full week and he looks good, if he can actually run, I'd say start him. I kinda, I'm, I'm kind of fearful of putting Kyle Allen plus the Niners. I know our line is upgraded, but we got to have our best weapons. If they're undefeated, we cannot put Kyle Allen. And I know Kyle Allen has not lost. He's done good. He's a backup, and he's done a great job. But it's time for Cam Dugie, if he's healthy. So, beat this team to a Super Bowl, which I think you can with the defense. So, Cam can practice fully healthy
8: and, and run and plant
2: on his, arm, his own foot. He's got to play. There's no excuse. I don't care about the Kyle Islands. Four and a, five and a record. Fuck it. You you Cam. That's it. Uh, I'll take the podcast out tomorrow. Keep on it.
4: All right, Joe. Thanks for the call. Now, uh, I, somebody hit me up on Twitter, too. It might have even been Joe with a screenshot of their Apple News. It's kind of hard to gauge where we're getting, you know, is this Jason Locken for news? Is this uh, uh, Adam yeah yeah, exactly is <laughs> the I don't know is that how do we know has anybody heard anything about Cam Newton's health to this point?
5: So the as far as the health is concerned, I think we've pretty much stated all the information that there is. So is he I, is, I has I anybody heard,
4: heard that that he's healthy right now?
5: I so yeah apparently Cam Newton is healthy and from what I'm hearing, they intend to start practicing him after the bye week, so as we start to prepare for San Francisco. Now, I don't exactly know what the timetable is uh, on on Cam Newton, so just because he starts to practice, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to run with him. But I'm glad that Joe brought that up, because this is a question that I have for all of you, and I think that all of us could so easily see this scenario, right? Kyle Allen's 4-0, and, you know, he's played great, but then here comes Cam Newton after the bye. And now he has to come back against that 49ers pass rush. But, man, I could just easily see it, uh, a scenario where Cam Newton uh, although I won't gets it hurt again. Offense, yeah, either, either gets hurt again God. or they start to beat up on him and then the narrative becomes, oh, you have to put Kyle in, you have to put Kyle in. Uh, listen, uh, this is kind of, you know, where I'm at. I believe Cam Newton provides us the best chance to win a football game, even though Kyle Allen has done well. Um, What I will say is I do worry about Kyle Allen because he's not as mobile. And if you saw what the 49ers did to Baker Mayfield, dude, they gave Baker hell. They gave him all he could handle. Now when you have a more mobile quarterback like Cam Newton, it does have to keep them more honest. So, I don't know what what do you guys if cam newton is healthy do you want him to start against san fran or at home against the titans
4: i want him to start right away if he's healthy but i also think that that really just tells us what 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 is really healthy right and what i mean by that is is that if you're worried about him because he's playing a tough pass rush then he's not really healthy he's 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 delicate he's fra he's too fragile then that means you're not healthy you're almost healthy or you could be healthy but you're so worried and the other thing is do you think that when they bring him back that he's just gonna be on a you know wide open when it comes to mobility i think that they're gonna try to shelter no. and protect him so for me is that I want to just say this, is that yeah, you start him whenever he believes in his mind, and the coaching staff believes in his mind, that he's going to go out there, and he's not going to play scared.
6: Well, i got a question for you. All three of y'all. Would you rather have Cam Newton come back and play a sheltered version of himself, where they are keeping him in the pocket, they are restricting his runs, and they are really stopping him from what he's doing, and he lasts six, seven more years of being a mid-level tier quarterback or would you rather have cam newton come back and let them run the way he plays football what made him him and we only get three more years out of him that are three elite years which would you rather have six mediocre years or three elite years out of cam but,
5: newton? but and listen i don't mind being in the minority on this and, and i even know uh, there are some people in our chat room that have been kind of echoing this notion too i don't believe that cam newton Cannot be a pocket passing quarterback. I don't. No, no, be- I, I don't believe that Cam Newton has to have the threat of running the football, or else he's some some part passer. And I'm not saying that's I'm with what you. you're saying. I'm Greg, with you. i with but, you. Yeah, but um, but especially knowing, like you know, a lot of people tried to poo-poo this new throwing motion, and oh, it's not that different. Listen, Cam Newton put real effort into changing the way he plays football. He knows that that is a legitimate criticism, that when you run the football all the time, your body just isn't going to hold up like that. What I'm saying is Cam Newton, when he comes back healthy, deserves the right, like Drew Brees did with New Orleans, to show that he can transition to the second phase of his career. He's only 30 years old. We're not talking about a 37-year-old quarterback. Uh, I'm saying, let Cam evolve. Evolution is the nature of the universe, man. And and Cam Newton has deserved the right to show that he can come in and and you know transition to the next phase of his career. And uh, I think that if he does that, then we're going to continuously be one of the best teams in football every single year. I want to echo a
3: sentiment here. Um, You know, first, let me go to the question that Tony asked, which is, do we want him to start against San Francisco or the Titans? Well, the problem is, if they don't start him against San Francisco and he comes in and he beats the Titans, what are the people going to (laughs) say? It's a shitty Titans
4: Titans team.
3: Yeah, exactly. Now, if he comes in and he faces the 49ers and he loses, well, guess what? It's a lose situation there, too. Oh, we should have started Kyle Allen there's it's just the hypotheticals are so tough because you don't know what to expect i think if he's healthy he plays now to another point uh you know ross Gould had said if cam can't use his athleticism he's a mediocre quarterback if you look at his stats as a passer over the first eight seasons he's beaten out almost in every category peyton manning tom brady drew Brees, all of the greats because those are their worst seasons so if you want to judge him as a passer off his first eight seasons You've got to look at the big picture and realize if he's going to become a passer, pocket passer, the best of his days as a quarterback are going to be in the future. Um, so to assume yes. that if he's not athletic uh, in the pocket and he can't run, that he's going to be a mediocre quarterback is not actually looking at the big picture the way that you should.
4: Let's okay. just say what we really want to, what we're all scared the most of. And that is, it's not if Cam can be great. It's not if he has to change his game. It really is, is he all? Is he going to get injured? Is he going to stay injured? Yeah. That's the real fear, is that it has nothing. I don't care about San Francisco's pass rush. I don't give one crap about it. I think, well, actually I do a little bit. But what I think is this, is like our offense, we've got, we don't need Cam to be a Cam that he was in 2013. Right. You know, we—he's a different—he can be, but he can be sensational, like Cody's saying in a different way. And if anybody is going to say that he could be, what I think is that what we really want and what we really believe would should happen is that Cam Newton goes on and has eight years, sensationally, and their part athleticism and him just being a dominant ass quarterback. We want to see that, but r- we're really fearful. Or at least I think that we all are, the real fear is just not if Cam Newton can play football. It's just, will he play football?
5: Yeah, I mean, health is is such an important thing. And I think at some point, you know, maybe next Tuesday, we're going to have to have this discussion of how many snaps we're playing McCaffrey again also. Because we do have to think about this long-term health.
4: If this is Liz Frank, guys, like they have said, I'm worried about it. I'm worried that it's going to be like it doesn't matter who we play. Is that that's a thing that a lot of people have talked about? Just surgically needs to be repaired, you know. So I, mean, is, I, I don't, don't think...
5: know. It's so hard to say. I mean, because if you're the, if you're Vermillion or whatever, the Panthers. Doctors, I can't trust these if, guys. Well, okay. So I mean, if you if you get a Liz Frank surgery, I don't even know what but that's called. I mean, I don't know what they even do to repair it. But if they did that does that automatically mean you're out for the season like I don't know if, if it was yes. That serious if, yes if it, if it was that serious of an issue then it, it should have been something that they probably should have done already but I understand the fear you're talking about I mean we don't want to see cam Newton that played against Tampa Bay week two at home I mean that was just the one of the that was the worst cam Newton I have ever seen play football and no one's gonna win with that. So you know,
6: we we were one bad call away from winning that game.
5: Right, but we're not going to be yeah. able to do that. Against I, everyone, though. I would I just agree.
6: say that I we have
4: never we have not handled Cam Newton's injuries well from a medical standpoint in the past when it comes to timing. So I don't know what it is. We've heard that it's a midfoot sprain. We've heard Liz Frank. Cam Newton said Liz that it was his Liz Frank that little thing right there. I don't. We don't know, and yes, there are multiple levels of it. But the real fear, that's what I'm trying to tell everybody, is chill out, folks, on whether or not Cam Newton is better than Cal. Out. Well, that's all stupid. We all know Cam Newton is phenomenal. The key is right. is we just need to see Cam Newton where he can play some games and not be hurt. That's it. That's it. All right, Um. Uh, here, you guys are going to love this. Uh. I was catching up with the head bookie from – Uh, MyBookie.ag, Rafael Esparza, earlier, and I turned off the um, voicemail, right, because so he could call me, so it didn't go automatically to voicemail. And guess who called? Moneybags Lawson. Here it goes. Hey, Moneybags, you're on the line right now with me, live, well, kind of live. What's up, brother?
8: Yeah, I just want to say I called a couple weeks ago, and I said we was going to win this fight account, Alan Rice. So yep. yeah, we did. I said that's what you wanted and uh that's what you got, right?
4: <laughs> that is what we got. I mean the offense yeah, yeah. is
8: not great at the moment. It's not bad though. Yeah, I mean and uh I mean he ain't lost us no games and he ain't won us none either. But I mean he ain't been in no situations to have to win us one either, right?
4: No, no, and that's what you need to do when you have a backup in, right?
8: Yeah, of course. So uh I mean uh everybody I don't know what they what they thinking. Talking about um He's the guy, and we don't need Cam back. Everybody tripping, everybody at my job giving me shit. Uh, it's kind of hard up here, man. The F one hundred and fifty gang is strong out here.
4: God, they are. Uh, what? <laughs> now tell me this: Is there? Do you
8: think there's any real concern about Cam coming back? When do you think you'll see Cam back? Shit, I want to see him. I think he can come back this next game, but I want to see him the game after that. Really, really.
4: There's your answer, Cody. You saw
8: that game this past week. It was exciting. What what
4: sticks out in your mind real quick before you got to go back to work? Shit, the defense. That's it,
8: the defense. Yeah. And Ron Rivera. You got to give your hats off to Ron Rivera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. But the main reason I called, though, is because I want to do some cat-on-cat icing up. Cat-on-cat crime. Hit him. Hit Uh hit me up. I got to ice up your boy Brandon Herbert. Alright. <laughs> <got you>, <laughs> it's like we gotta start banning people out here. Every time he calls, <laughs> cry, he crying about everything. Every every week is somebody different. When James Bradbury do something good, we don't hear from him. As soon as he fuck up, he called crying and shit. Man, we gotta get this dude some soul off a blunt uh, some pussy or something, man. We gotta do something. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta well, do gotta, something, bro. What do you gotta no. tell him? Ice the fuck up. Right, man, man the fuck up yes. and next time you call put some bass in
4: your fucking voice oh lord alright alright thanks a right. right. right, lot <laughs> uh,
10: say it with your say it with
4: you know hey. I didn't know where he was going he said I gotta do some cat on cat crime because Tony's been victim of some of that in chat rooms at times <laughs> and I was like alright
6: let me have it he came after brother Herbert hey I, I will say with, uh, with the call he made on Sunday about after the game with James Bradbury and I went by with the stats Look, y'all, 10 tackles and two interceptions. And I know he said the 10 tackles because he was letting the guys catch the ball. I don't give a damn he's letting the guys catch the ball if he's stopping them, first of all. Second of all, I guarantee you he didn't have 10 wow. targets his way in the game. So all 10 of those tackles weren't balls thrown his way. But 10 tackles and two interceptions, that's Deion Sanders-type numbers right Defend there. Defend yourself, Brandon. So, so if you want to say <laughs> that he had a bad you. game, that, that, that's crazy, man. That's Deion Sanders-type numbers. 10 tackles, two interceptions. All right, so so
3: here's... Here's what I'm going to say, guys, because I, I, th- I, this is one of the things that I was listening to the podcast and somebody was talking about James Bradbury not really playing well. Um, a lot of those passes that were caught were in the middle of zone coverage. Mike Evans was finding a way in between. He was finding the soft spot. It wasn't right. a direct press coverage. It wasn't Bradbury. A lot of times it was Javion Elliott or, uh, you know, Cockrell underneath or something that should have had the, the, the wherewithal to be there where the ball was. And it wasn't, you know, it just happened to be Bradbury was there to cover him from the top. Um, those aren't, I still don't blame Bradbury. If you look at it from the perspective that I look at it, aside from that one where Mike Evans had him beat, uh, Bradbury right. played an exceptional game. Uh, yeah. You know, he made the plays when he needed to make them. Um, you know, early on set the tone. Uh, he, to, when we play zone, you can't put everything on him. It, it, it's, a, it's a group effort on that coverage. And for, so, and, and talk about our, our number one, pass rank, you know number one ranked pass defense that's no longer number one that's because we were playing with a three score lead a lot of times they have to pass there is no other option. That and well so they've all
4: yeah but they've been eating up man godwin has has eaten our we've gotten our godwin we haven't amazing. been great in the past against the past the last two games we haven't been great well, now wow, I do think wow. there's circumstantial things I think that's important to think where you are at the game of course yards are going to people can chew you up like that um, but here here's the thing is that we've we've done for two weeks what we need to do that's it that's it well we got to keep doing that Go into San Francisco this probably while we have been looking we were searching for our litmus test we thought here think back to the trajectory of this discussion guys what we got is Arizona, where two no no wins. You go on the road. Well, can we just get a, a road win? Can we get a road win with a backup quarterback? You get that win, then you go to Houston, and you start to say, "Man, Houston." could really tell us, I mean, we win that game, it seemingly tells us a lot about the team, but we're uncertain about it a little bit because they didn't have a fantastic game offensively. Then our team goes and plays the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're able to, uh, you know, prevail in that with a team that is not bad at this point, with a, a decent defense. So that at that point, your offense beat a good defense. But previously, I mean, or your defense, so now, we won in London. You can only win the games that are on your schedule again. The 49ers, that's a real damn litmus test at this point, Cody. Yeah,
5: yeah I mean, it is a real litmus test. Um, You know, I'm... I'm oh, okay, so, first off, Brother Herbert was not here to defend himself. I just wanted to say
4: that
6: <laughs> before we go. It, before I, 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 go I, love you. I love you, by the way. I love I love controversial takes. Yeah, and calling calling.
5: We accept it all, man. If you're a Panther yep. fan, if you're not a Cam Newton fan, I mean, yeah. I don't know what your problem is, but hey, man, look. Whatever <laughs> you believe, you're able to come here. You're able to come here and talk about it and talk Panther football because that's what the show is all about. Agreed. What I, yeah, what, what I will say, though, is, man, how can you not be impressed with every single one of the members of our defensive backfield right now, man? Dude, we're we're – I mean, listen, if you follow the Panthers on Instagram, they put out uh, – it, it looks like an opening to an HBO show, the Steve's Avenue video. <laughs> and and dude, is, uh, dude, are, the whoever runs our social media account, they are A100, man. They are well, nah, they're getting iced things.
4: up at the end of this show.
5: Oh, okay. Well, yeah, all right. But uh But, yeah, listen, I, right now I, I would say that with everyone on our defense this season – James Bradbury might be the guy that I'm most impressed with See take that jump I kind of I kind of expected Shaq Thompson to do what he did but james Bradbury, I, I mean uh, I was almost not quite that far but I was almost on Brandon Herbert's team but man, James Bradbury has been incredible yeah, he's I'm changed what he's doing
4: he's changed the narrative for sure. And also uh, piggybacking on that shack, bad news. I think his mother passed away and he found out on game day on the way back from London. Um, so we also, and in our minds, you know, Nova Black, we know that he's uh, he sure. also is dealing with this. Continued sympathies from the C three Panthers podcast. You're right, Cody. You can bring the takes. Is look, is that you put it out there? You're going to deal with the feedback as well, and that's what I have to deal with. I got to deal with y'all jokers and y'all feedback. Let's see what these suckers got to say next.
11: I know. Last time you will cut me off. I'm going to let Greg know that uh, Jay babe is not 22. He's been coaching for 22 years, so I just wanted to clarify that. But also, um, anyways, forget about Tar Heels. Uh, Kyle Allen uh, did a pretty good job in this last game. Um, our defense did step up, and I want to know something: um, Is do y'all think Vernon Butler is a late bloomer? And if so,
4: mm. good question.
11: Since he's been playing so good these last few games, um, do you think we should sign him to a really cheap? two-year deal
7: mm-hmm. all right guys
5: keep pounding Tough. take it
4: easy thanks for the call great question in a way is vernon butler has been making his name been known
5: yeah and ron rivera even talked about it in his press conference uh the him moving to that five tech which is a defensive end in a 34 has really kind of helped him a lot uh and and i agree i mean listen so this is what i say right now it, it, it's too early to say whether or not we give uh, Vernon Butler another go. Uh, we need to see him do that and continuously, uh, do it more than one game. Because right now we have a few good performances and one good game against Tampa Bay. But right now I haven't seen anything that says, okay, well, we need him to be on our team next year. Um, you know, I, maybe a Daryl Williams type of deal where you sign him to some money and then let him come back. Well, he won't command
4: he won't command money abroad at least unless you know no. unless you know. So at the at the very uh, the, the worst it's going to be is kicking the tires on him for you know that's good for everybody if that happens in that point you yeah, know what it, I mean it, it, that means he's playing better they feel okay with him and uh, and there's no harm no foul.
6: The
3: I may need there
6: uh, we uh we don't we don't get rid of we get rid of so.
3: I may need to go and look at tape because. Uh, beyond those two plays and and let's be...
4: And one play in the Texans game
3: or the the
4: Cardinals. I think it was the Texans.
3: We're focusing on the Tampa Bay game. The the two plays that we're talking about are the two strip sacks back-to-back. The first one, give credit to Vernon Butler. um, Absolutely. With a little help from Jameis, certainly, but mainly that was Vernon Butler making an incredible play. The second one... Was just Jameis Winston being Jameis Winston, making dumb, boneheaded decisions Agreed. when he should have thrown that ball away, at least 15 seconds earlier. Our pass rush was, was getting him off the spot, but it wasn't Vernon Butler that was doing it. It was uh, everybody else. So it was a really team effort on that one. Um, I don't want to take anything away from him because he made the play when he could have easily not. Um, but uh, I need to look more in depth and actually see his, his, uh, you know, maybe his his uh, next gen stats on you know his pressure percentage and. Things like that. Cause the, I I, ha- I don't feel like I've seen it as consistently as yeah. it looks like.
4: The good news is that if you sign Butler, he's going to be dirt cheap. Right? Yeah. Uh, the bad news is, is that we, or the good bad news, I don't know how to describe it, is that you're right. Is that, like, the idea of him... Um, being a contributor right now is still on the fringe. It's very on the fringe. We got to see a lot more out of him. And and right now, the good news for the Panthers is is that the the first round mystique of the you know we you're a first round pick that's worn off at this point. Right now, he's fighting wow, to be uh, he's fighting to be a league minimum guy or more. I'll say <laughs> this. I, I,
5: I, I'll say this. I mean, he was looking to have a Calvin Benjamin. Type deal where uh, whenever he was done here, he was done playing football. But I, I do think that he's uh, he's now done enough that even if it's not with the Panthers, some team is is gonna kick the can on on Vernon Butler. But I mean, if he's willing to uh to you know continue to ball out for us, he has the time left to prove it.
6: Well, the only the only question I have about the whole you know we have a great defensive line about the whole situation. Uh, is when you have Bruce Irving and uh, Gerald McCoy, Don Terry Poe, uh, Mario Addison, Brian Burns, uh, we have all these guys. If if Butler ends up being the sixth or seventh best guy on our line and he's still producing the way he's producing, do, do we keep him at that point? Like, is he a good sixth or seventh guy? He may not be a good starter, number one, number two guy on our line, but if he can produce the way he has been in the last few weeks as our you know rotational guy coming in there, yeah, not I, a bad, that's you know, the thing. There, right? That's what he is. That's
4: all he can be at this moment.
6: Yeah, but I mean, he's not a bad one. Like, right. I yeah.
4: am I'm, I'm hope he's coming yeah. up because Poe's showing up. Like people in the chat room are saying, uh, well, you've got right Gerald McCoy, who's been playing, who played a fantastic game, and then you know there's them up and comers on Brian Burns and Christian Miller, and Bruce Irvin is playing tough right now. This is actually a great environment for Vernon Butler, where opportunity may be meeting uh, some talented, a talented front, and he can capitalize on that. Let's go on to the next call. Hey, it's
9: the Commission. How's everybody? What's up? I was watching the Monday night game, and it was—I was kind of my mind was drifting to or just the Super Bowl when mm-hmm. we lost and some of the calls. And you know, it's just funny how certain calls—they always—they always seem to go for like Green Bay, Dallas, and New England. Why is it certain teams always the get the calls? They always—you <laughs> know—certain teams always do get the calls year over year. And another thing is that. Uh, also years ago I was doing some research for an article running for you guys at the time but the NFL's refereeing uh, the hiring of officials is the most nepotistic of any pro sport around and Agreed. you know it's not so it's not based on talent it's based on who you're connected to so mm-hmm. that might be look, you know, worth looking into as well so I'm not liking it but that's peace out
4: and keep pounding. Ken D, keep thanks for pounded. the call, the commish. Uh, Cody, how do you fix the damn referee situation? Uh,
5: cool. So one Al Riveron, the head of officiating, dude, that asshole needs to have been fired. And, and listen, to, is this just me or is this not hard at all? Why isn't there someone in New York or in the in the booth at the stadium or whatever that's supervising every single play? And whenever there's a flag thrown, and there isn't any challenge yet or whatever, they can phone down and say, hey, no, you need to pick up that flag and reverse the call. Like we're talking about, there is not a sports league in the world that makes the money that the NFL does. And by the way, soccer is worldwide, ladies and gentlemen. So it's not like the NFL doesn't have the funds to pay people to get this shit right. I don't understand anymore what they're doing because it's pissing people off to the point where, I mean, you don't even like the, the listen, I'm not a Lions fan, but the Lions shouldn't have to have the, you know, say, Oh, well, you know, we should have fought harder and played better when they came up with critical third down stops when it mattered the most it's mm-hmm. bullshit. And the NFL needs to do something about it, but their ineptitude just keeps the same cycle of stupid Uh, On a perpetual loop.
6: Well, you know, it's like I always say, this is a television show. And it it is the highest rated television show in TV, period, no matter what you, if you're a football fan or not, football, Monday, Thursday, Sunday, makes more money and has more viewers than any other television show in the world. And what sells more on television shows than anything else? Nowadays, reality TV. So what, what you feed people and what you people think is reality is what they really buy into. Uh, you know, I commented on this earlier before we started recording. The, the, the uh, officials did a great job protecting their golden boy because Aaron Rodgers is their golden boy and, and, the, and the Packers are their golden team. I, I do not like saying that a referee blows a game. The referee on that game last night with the, with the Lions and the Packers blew that game. For the, for the uh, Lions. Yeah. They shouldn't win that game. The Packers did not win that game by any means whatsoever and somehow they came away with the W. <laughs> and it's
5: going to continue to happen too. Ratings
6: are better that way. When the, when the Packers are better, ratings for the NFL are better. So they're going to make sure these teams... Same with Kansas City. Kansas City, that's, that's, why, that's why Patrick Mahomes can look at an official and raise his hands and have him throw a flag without even having that official look at the flag. He'll throw the flag. It's because ratings are better when certain teams are better. So. Look!
4: Look at this. The den mama in the house coming in. She said she wasn't going to be here tonight. Take, Susan, she can't help. She got to check on her children. She got to check she on the can't children. Stay make sure. Away. Uh, let me tell you this. Is uh, Let me catch you up. Because Cody has just easily solved the easy most solved the problem. Cody solved the officiating problem, and it's very simple. I don't know why it's been so. so it is so hard. You need a coordinating official a guy who is the official of the officials at that game like the head guy and he should not be on the field he should be in the booth with all of the replays that we see and we know there is a delay between a play ending and the first but the 10 second unless you're running the most hurry up offense there's a natural delay there right yeah. so there's an opportunity for him to call an official huddle right where all it has to do is this is anytime a flag is thrown if that flag looks like it was completely wrong the uh, they should just say official huddle we have we've have gone. we're picking it up that's it you yeah. know, is that? I mean, what's what's so damn hard about that? And, and then next is the fear—the real fear, guys. Though lies in the the fear that everything will be replayed. I think the solution is to not replay more, but necessarily just have the ability. To be more flexible as an official group where when you throw a flag and it's wrong, you're not so boneheaded that you won't be like, well, we can't pick it up. Because if we pick up the flag, it will bring in the integrity of every other call we've made. It's not the case.
5: Well, and there's zero repercussions for these referees. Like that, the guy that called the same hands to the face penalty on Trey Flowers last night, two times in a row on third down. Is there going to be any repercussions for that asshole? Hell no. There would uh, need to uh, be some other game.
4: There would not need to be though, a, a any penalty for that guy if you just said, hey, pause right we were we, as with second look we thought it was handsome you can make mistakes as a ref uh as a ump. it's so quick i get it but why is the, the idea that they can't they refuse to think that just picking up a flag is a problematic go ahead uh ck what do you got to say
3: so what what is what's interesting to me is the fact that they're not they're they're in discouraged from looking at the video board at all right? like if they're discussing it, I think they should be able to look up and say, oh yeah, we were way wrong. I know the fear of the timing and taking away from the time on the field and the gameplay, but how often do we see a call that is so blatantly wrong? Within 10 seconds we can know that. That's not right. hard for them to see those things. Right. So I don't think it takes away any of that, uh, certainly. Uh, but I do think that there's the aspect of things where they talk about, I don't think that the referees, uh, the officials, want to admit they were wrong. And I think you're seeing that sentiment across the league with the pass interference. With all, They almost feel like it's an attack on their ability See, as a referee. The
4: reason, the reason they think it's wrong is because they've gone about it the backwards-ass way with this challenge thing. Instead of saying we have to challenge plays on the field, what we should just have is that, every, that somebody's just watching the game. You know, and the NFL yeah. can say, Hey, we're all watching the game. That was not a flag. Boop, red light, huddle up, take it back. No time, no time off the clock. You know what I'm saying? Is this why is there this idea that even teams have to challenge bad calls? The NFL should just be looking at it and going, You know what? We got it wrong. Move the ball back.
6: Well, you know, the problem is. Tony, and I think, like, originally it was because replays took too long. I remember when they brought replays back, it was right. like, oh, replays are... Because they had to go in like like that stupid
4: booth. Yeah. yeah they, like they had to call on a phone.
6: Yeah. We don't have
4: none of that. Now, it's all on the headset.
6: Now it's all on the headset. Now, literally, it doesn't matter what challenge it is, it takes two or three minutes, okay? So let me ask you guys, because I asked my friend this today. Would you rather have a situation where we keep what we have right now, where the only play call a challengeable is in pass interference, that is totally judgmental by the referee anyways, or would you rather give a team three challenges a game, okay, and they can challenge any play, anything they want to. If you see if you see the replay and you see that that guy's hand was inside the jersey and not in the face mask to stop the, save the game, you'd be able to challenge that. Would you guys rather have the three challenges of anything you want or keep it the way we are right now. Because the way the officials are going right now and the way the replays are going right now, it's very quick to find out whether it was true or not. You have 25 different camera camera angles, you know, uh, and you have six different officials looking at it. So I'd rather have three uh, three challenges on any play you want rather than two challenges, and the only thing you can challenge is the call on the field or pass interference. Like makes no sense to me.
5: I, I, I just think uh, whether you challenge it or whatever system you have, there has to be a, a scenario where someone can overturn yes. and, check, and check the referees. Because, dude, listen, we could do the referees' jobs, okay? Us sitting at home watching TV could do a better job officiating the football game than these referees are. And, and you know, it's like, it, it's so annoying the fact that it, it's, it's costing teams games on Monday night football when there's no other football on and everyone's watching. Like, the NFL is putting out shitty product. And when you're a company and you put out shitty product, people start or they stop buying your product. Watch the soccer.
4: I think this is I think the whole challenge concept is flawed. And what I mean by that is one, why should any team be penalized for wanting the game to be officiated correctly? Right? Okay. On so top of that, change. we saw this with the Carolina Panthers earlier this year where Ron Rivera challenged a play. He got the challenge right, but they said that they couldn't rule on us getting the ball, which was and, garbage because that's And, and really then works. but here, that's fine. But then we lost our timeout. They said yeah, we lost our t- So here's what I'm saying yeah. is this, is why doesn't the NFL just want to get it right? And what I mean by that is exactly what Cody said. We don't have to review every play, but there has to be some of flexibility to where we say, look, everybody saw that the ump put the ball on the wrong yard line. Right? Yes. Imagine this. Imagine if, uh, if the ref put the ball on the y- wrong yard line. Right? And everybody saw it except for the ref right there, right, that he, the one guy, shouldn't the NFL be able to flash the lights on and off real quick and say, hold up, put the ball back five yards? Why is there this idea that we have to challenge it as a team? And if you make the NFL that person, then it doesn't challenge their integrity at all. It's just like, hey, guys, guys, real
6: quick, before we move on to the next play, pick that flag up. Well, you know what it yes. is, Cody or Tony, is they'll only make six point three billion that year instead of making six point three five billion that year.
5: The so oh my that changes
6: everything. I don't think it can know? cost a dollar
4: to do this. I don't think it would cost any more than the money that they're paying already. <laughs> There's just a simple way. Put one extra referee up in the fucking booth. All right, next call. Let's go on to the refs. cat calls. Just one guy that's the the manager of the refs. Right? Full-time we have a team refs. manager, right? You have a team that's managed by a manager. Manage the refs. And he should be up in the booth.
12: I'll do it. Hi, That's guys. It's Rich in London. London. Um, I've calmed down Oof from you, the game. Buddy. had a fantastic time, as you probably What's heard. up, Rich? Uh, 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 brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. Okay. Down to business. Um, O-line looking good. That's all coming together really nicely now. Yes. That our third string left tackle, <clears throat> Dennis Staley, was rated, uh, got the highest grade from BFF this week for left tackle. Um, it was noticeable in the game. Carl Allen had time to throw. Um, quite visibly, was able to stand in the pocket and deliver, and he did. Um, it was it was fantastic. That looks like it's gelling. I think Matt Paradis is now starting to come round, get get the confidence. I heard um, there were comments elsewhere about Ross Cockrell now feeling free. He trusts the leg, and I wonder whether the same thing's happening with Paradis now. Um, but anyway, you can't draft too many left tackles. I mean just do it every year it's almost yeah those guys <laughs> little, little and daily, you know grateful forward thinking by Herney and just generally um, even if Daly becomes a guard and we have Van Rotten for, um, for depth uh, that's great um, yeah secondary looked good we still give up too many points the play calling is still pretty average um, me and the Cancers fans I was with in the third quarter McCaffrey should have been pulled he wasn't going anywhere all day we were up <laughs> At that stage, bye. Um, Bring someone else on. Run Jordan Scarlett. Do play action with Jordan Scarlett. But McCaffrey didn't need to be out there from the middle of the third quarter. He wasn't going anywhere. um, And it was just quite poor. Anyway, um, bring on to the last thing that you guys should have a real good... Hopefully, if you get this early, have a good chat about. Marty Herney's got some serious salary cap stuff to think about because... We've had great drafts since 1718, and it looks like this year. But all of a sudden, Shaq Thompson, Verne, and James Bradbury all suddenly look like they want to get paid. Um, that's that's three people <laughs> that are looking like they're going to command proper salaries. Um, I don't think any of them are going to be mega salaries, but they're all going to be wanting, one one what? Well, I mean, if Eric Reid got seven and a half, Shaq's going to want eight or nine these on this year. Will Vern resign for two or three million, or will he want more than that? Bradbury's going to be high-priced corner. I don't know. I'm running out of time, but yeah, get into the salary cap because you know McCaffrey's going to be coming up after this year. It's going to be a serious jumping around. We're lo- we're losing the D D this year. They're going to want new contracts anyway. Fantastic job as ever, guys. Uh, keep pounding. Love you, Susan.
5: Look at that. Look. Love you, Susan. Shout, Shout
12: out. out.
4: Ma uh mama the she's the den mama taking she's again she takes care of us all right um rich <laughs> rich brings up the the great conversation of or a tough conversation the one nobody really wants to have is that if you are in a position that we're just like in a good place i i don't know don't you think that most of the contract stuff also gets determined on how the season goes right? That's one thing to think about. But really, there are multiple names coming up on this guys. Uh, Cam Newton is, is got to be... You get Cam Newton for another year. That's the good news is you actually right. don't need to... The team should not even think about moving on from Cam Newton because you got him at a reasonable price next year in comparison to what the quarterback market truly is like. Now, the questions though are Keekley's coming up on his deal. It looks like um, well, Keekly, Shaq Thompson is is a must, or Shaq Thompson is that deal has to be done or not. Bradbury as well. We'll start with those two guys. Um, Cody, who do you what do you got on Keek on Shaq Thompson as well as Bradbury? It's gonna be hard to keep both of them.
5: Well, listen, man, this is why if if we believe in Marty Herney, then we have to keep on believing in him. Because the, the nature of the NFL is as much as you want to, you can't pay everybody. It's just not possible. You're going to have to let some of your better players test the, the free agent market, and they're going to sign other places. But that's why you have to be able to identify and scout talent. That's why your scouting department is incredibly important. And they're on the grind all college football season looking at these players and really assessing talent. And it's important, man, because your sixth-round pick, like Dennis Daly, might turn out to be a left, the left tackle that you so desperately need. So uh, it, it's important that Marty Hurry continues um, to put um, a, a lot of talent on this football team. But, Tony, you raised um, a very interesting Point. We have a lot of guys that we have to sign: Luke Kuechly, Cam Newton, and this is all within the next two years. Shaq Thompson, Gerald McCoy is only here for a year. Um, Vernon Butler, I mean not Vernon Butler, uh, Trey Turner and Kawan Short are coming near the ends of their deals. Bruce Irvin is only here on one year. Where is Trey pay. Turner? We have. Where we is have to Trey pay to Turner? Christian McCaffrey.
4: What's wrong it, with a, Trey Turner? Can someone uh, tell yeah. me? I don't even know where he is. I haven't even heard anybody talking. Is he, like, really, really hurt? Like, I don't even know. Uh, like We we haven't even thought about Trey Turner for, like, three weeks. With
3: the team. I don't know if there's anything to worry about there. Gosh,
4: I don't know. I'm just, yeah. I mean, not only – I don't want to hear about his contract. I don't want to hear about him coming back to play. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, the list goes on and on. You can't keep everybody, right? And Marty Herney, either – um, believe, uh, well, he's done some work, but, you know, you got to see the finances. It's going to be hard. Sorry for interrupting, Cody.
5: No, uh, you said everything. Go ahead, it's okay. Well, um,
3: I have an interesting take on that. Uh, do we know how much Cam Newton's supposed to make next year if we keep him on the roster? I think um,
4: 22 or so. I'll look it up. I, mean, well, I,
6: keep, I, I,
3: I feel like it was a very minute amount as far as to the salary cap. I feel like we had a very front-loaded deal with him. If I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. I could be wrong. Um, only reason I bring that up is 2020.
4: He gets paid 20 million dollars, 21 million, 21 million dollars against the cap.
3: So my question then becomes: Right now, we have a situation where if Kyle Allen continues to ball out, he's an unrestricted free agent next year, right? So we have to pay him either we have to pay him decent backup money, or we have to pay him to be a starter. So my question is: Do you pay him or do you pay Cam? Because there might be a situation where one of the two is not going to be on the roster next year.
6: Well, I have to say with that with that have to that only comes up if somebody else offers him the money. You know, like that's the unrestricted part. We only. Have well,
4: to pay I promise you, somebody will off offer him more than six hundred thousand dollars to what he's getting right well, now.
2: Absolutely, yeah. You know, what I mean, sure. you,
4: you know, he's going to get more. Is that eight million? Is it ten million? You know, that's that eight million is is top backup money, right? But yeah. you're talking twenty million dollars to get a starter in this league. That's why I think this is the good news. Is no, gotta starting quarterback. Yeah.
6: No, way more than that, dude. Okay, seven, twenty-eight million.
3: Well, yeah. We to get okay,
4: for the points. for the top ones, but I'm saying this: you can't yeah. even go get a bum for like. Eighteen million dollars That's right now. That's what I'm
3: saying. You're going to right? eventually. You're going to essentially pay more. And you don't have, and have to Allen.
4: pay Cam Newton because you already are paying him. So we're in a great spot. Is we get to see if Cam Newton can finish out that, and then after next year we can deal with Cam. The real questions come back though to Bradbury and Shaq and Luke, who is not necessary. He doesn't get done next year or the year after, but he's going to be costing fourteen million dollars. So you've got to say, can we pay two fourteen million $14 million linebackers?
3: That's going to be can, tough. I think you can find a situation with Luke where he wants Shaq to stay, so let's restructure. Let's make sure we can are right' Luke for Shaq. Because I don't think he wants to have a situation where he doesn't have his guy back there. And if Shaq Thompson, I'm telling you right now, those guys are tight. As much as people might not see that, I guarantee you. I mean, if you look at Shaq Thompson's – uh twitter feed after he his mother passed um thomas davis commented and said you know i'm sorry to hear that bro and uh and and shaq said yeah my mom loved you and luke right so i mean these guys are family dude like i he does not want shaq I to have, go anywhere i'm telling you that has a lot to do with it
6: well you know i got to look at it the average like the the mid-tier linebacker salary is is it 10 million dollars and the mid-tier cornerback salary is about fourteen million dollars. Okay, so, so it's going to be easier to keep Shaq we, than it is to keep Bradbury. You're saying? Well, I think we keep both of them. To be truly honest with you, because even though I I, I boast up Bradbury, he's not a Pro Bowl cornerback. He's a good cornerback, and he he does a job well. But he is not a top ten, or meh, top twelve. Top well, okay, maybe top ten. Maybe not top five cornerback. Okay, so you're not going to have to pay. You're going to pay him that mid-tier money. Same way with Shaq Thompson, he's great, but he is not top five. You're going to pay him mid tier money, you know. Well, so for for an average of ten million and six and fifteen million, we can make that work. Now the salary cap goes up this year. Every year the salary cap goes up, you know. Yeah. So it adds more money to what you can put in.
5: But let's let's keep it one hundred though. So Luke Kikwe is balling out, and uh, listen, we all know who Luke is, but but yeah. we have to sign him that'll be a linebacker that has been in the NFL 10 years and he's had concussion concerns. So, I mean, now I'm saying, okay, in that scenario, you're probably not paying Luke, uh, you know, whatever they're going to pay a Leighton Vander Esch in Dallas or whatever the, the new big time contract. Well, th- this is what, what I'm saying. It, it's not going to be another four or five year deal like we signed him to last time, I don't think. Just because the average lifespan of a linebacker, Luke is starting to get towards the end of that, I feel. Mm -hmm. Now, I hope he plays forever because I love the man. But, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) right. No doubt. Um, But uh, I I just think with – I do agree with you, though, with everything that Luke does for the football team and being the maestro of the defense, uh, he's he's such a valuable asset – um, I- I'm hoping that he's willing to take a deal that'll, you know, keep his wallet good and fat, but at the same time helps us be able to sign a lot of people. And like I already mentioned, we have a lot of people that are either gonna have to be signed. Or are gonna to have to move on somewhere All right.
4: else. So that's where CK is right on this, though, is because look, is that the idea is, and and I told this to somebody on the on on the Twitter yesterday, and that is if I had tomorrow to pick between one player between these three names that I want to keep for the next three years, <coughs> Luke Kuechly. James Bradbury or Shaq Thompson. I'm picking Luke keekley a hundred yeah, out of a hundred times. Right. Yeah, so right now we do have Luke keekley So what we are is that we, we know his skills are not diminished, right? He's still Luke keekley He's still the best, really the best linebacker in the league. Now you, you get him through contractually through 2021. And, um, what you get is that he's like you said, at that fourteen million dollar range, I think by restructuring or adding maybe you just add three more years now and you bring that salary from fourteen to nine, but he still makes more money in the long run with some security there, then you can get shaq and and that's really the one that could honestly be done i mean that could really be done and it probably needs to be done the idea that we we don't have a ton of depth to move on we would have to draft a top tier linebacker quickly to to replace shack at this point and you can't p- replace two linebackers so you know i think if we have a little bit more depth maybe you could go after a corner it will be tough to get all of them done Uh, But you're right, is the ton of money, uh, a ton of players, and the real name to be talked about when it comes to contractually is Christian McCaffrey. How do you deal with that? And the answer is to entirely sign him today for a five-year deal and make him the highest-played running back now.
5: Yeah. That's Um, the answer. It is something that you and I talked about. And uh, especially if he keeps on pace, uh, we're going to have to be talking about Christian McCaffrey's contract uh, a lot sooner than, than when we're supposed to pay him. I mean, that's the kind of guy that that you pay early because no matter what quarterback we have, uh, he's going to help them out tremendously. So, All
4: right, yeah. two more calls to get through.
0: What's going on, C3 family? This is uh, Chef Jeff Hodge calling in. Chef Jeff? Uh, I just got done reading an article about uh, head of officiating in New York, Al Riveron. Apparently he's been uh, going rogue on all of these uh, pass interference calls and staying with the call on the field. I wondered uh, if any of you guys have had a chance to, to see any of the plays. I mean, it's, this week was really bad. I mean, it, it started with the Thursday night game with New York and, and uh, the Patriots and it just continued on through the weekend with, the calls getting upheld on the field when it was obvious that there was pass interference. Um, they had one, I think, during the Kansas City game where Travis Kelsey was literally thrown to the ground 10 yards from the line of scrimmage. They threw the flag, called defensive holding, but then came back and said, oh, well, uh, there is no flag. Uh, this player, the player that was held was not the player the ball was intended for. Therefore there is no hold defensive holding. I <laughs> I was in shock and amazement. I could not believe what I was watching. And I just wanted to see what uh, your guys' opinion was on that. If uh Riveron is actually going rogue and he's like trying to make a stand and, you know, trying to tell the NFL, Hey, you know, we're gonna make the calls on the field and that's just the way it is. Uh love to hear you guys' thoughts on it. Thanks. Keep me
4: Cody, I think that this implementation of this new pass interference rule may be the biggest rule debacle in the history of the NFL. I mean, going back, this is almost the only thing that could be worse is, is that a catch? You know, that I mean, that's the only thing. But at this point, you look at all of that. I I don't even know what they look at. Every play that they say they're going to overturn, they don't. And every one that they say they won't, they do.
5: I mean, to this day, I don't know if there has been one pass interference challenge has, that yeah. went the way of, of the head coach. Has <laughs> it literally been fucking one of them? I, I don't, don't think so. Has. I no, don't think it, so. Dude, it's, it, it's the dumbest shit in the world. And yeah, shout out to Jeff. And I mentioned it too. Al Riveron is an embarrassment. Like, what is this dude doing? Like, like the, it, the dude is a moron there's dude's an absolute moron. and th- The fact that none of them have been overturned, it kind of says to me that, you know, like what Jeff says, either Riveron is going rogue or the NFL, frankly, just doesn't give a shit. They're just willing to let whatever happens on the field happens. And if, if, that's, if that's the case, uh, I don't know how anyone keeps their job uh, up in the NFL front office. But um, it, it, it is embarrassing, man. Um, I, I don't know. I hate to defend the Lions, you know, because fuck the Lions, honestly. Matthew Stafford's the most overrated quarterback since I've been watching football. Good but thing. but I mean, they got jobbed. They got jobbed. And, and it's it's embarrassing because we want to say that, especially if we're playing – that our football team was the better football team. We kicked your ass. Not, oh, well, the referee is pretty much handed you a first down to keep Mm. you in the football game.
6: It's it's like I said, man. uh, This is a TV show, and they want the best ratings. It is the highest-rated TV show as far as viewers and money of any television show throughout the entire year. (laughs) NFL is. They want to keep that money flowing in, so they want teams like Green Bay... New England, Seattle, all those teams that are big market teams to be at the forefront of what's going on because they're going to lose money otherwise. They have the most fans in that fan base and if you're a small market team, you are not going to get those calls. Carolina going 15 and 1 was because well, they Carolina to, went 15 and 1. They need to call up
4: Dallas. Franchise. They need to call up Dallas. They were six plus, <laughs> Dallas lost to the Jets. Oh, they're not even oh, doing a God. good job if it's television and it's orchestrated. Last call
10: Hey guys, this is uh, Jedi Jor calling in. Hey guys, this is uh, Jedi Jor calling in on my lunch break. Yeah, fuck it. There's a lot of chatter going on about the Panthers nowadays, uh, and it's it's always revolving the one great Camden, and um, whether he's going to be able to come back, and if he comes back, is he going to have a job? Should we trade him? All this other stuff. I'm in the camp of, if camp, camp can go back, come back this season, I think that'll set us over the edge with our defense and our, and Christian McCaffrey playing the way he is. But, um, I don't know. Let's fulfill the ways. Um, I like Kyle and He's been great. Uh, but at the end of the day, he's, he's been great at being a, a game manager. Um, mm-hmm the offense the way it's set up now it it really needs a second uh, superstar to uh really set them over the edge to compete against some of the better teams in the nfc and ultimately it's uh af the afc team from the super bowl in the super bowl if you can make it that far um but yeah that's just my thoughts i'm hoping cam can come back and. and uh, prove all the doubters wrong. I agree. Yeah, keep promised.
4: That's what we all want. We all hope, and we are waiting to see. And he's right. It really is right. We all know it when we watch the team. Cody, is that we're just one like? Is that if we we don't think we're like explosive just yet?
1: Yeah.
5: Yeah, our offense. know, uh, yeah, and we've, uh, this this is coming <laughs> off of a game where we almost put up almost 40 points. Yeah, and 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 we're saying that our offense isn't. Isn't that explosive? And we're not wrong. I mean, it is that way. Uh, I, I think that, um, you know, but I kind of feel like you're you're seeing what this offense is, right? I, I don't think that even with Cam Newton, as much as I love and believe in his potential, it's not about him. I think with Norv Turner, this is kind of what our offense is. We're going to rely on Christian McCaffrey. We're going to try and get him out in space when we can. And, you know, uh, on, on second downs, we'll try and switch it up and, and do some reverse and get Greg Olson out in space. We're going to do these kinds of things, but I, I really honestly don't know how much the play color is going to change. And then there are those that feel that Turner has called different plays or a different playbook. For Kyle Allen, as opposed to Cam
4: Newton. Well, sure. I don't know if you sure? You I mean, you you wouldn't you like call a little bit like is you want to bend towards your player a little? Is this is I think right. hey you know there's nothing wrong with us giving the ball to Christian McCaffrey and winning, you know, and with Cam no. Newton out there, like let's just see. Him in and yeah, put Cam Newton. Out. That's what I'm saying. Is that you know is that the offense is doing what it needs to do right now, right? Yes. But we know that. Add a little juice. Add a little. Add a little juice. Um. Okay. Go ahead. Let's go ahead and uh, go ahead, Greg. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking about one other thing.
6: You're good, man. Uh, look, I just want to bring up one thing. Thoughts. Me and CK were talking about the other day on Twitter about this, and uh, it has to do with the like uh, Cody was saying the play calling and whether it's changed for Kyle Allen or Cam Newton. And I I brought up to CK the other day on Twitter that there is one thing I see that Kyle Allen does way better than Cam Newton. And I think it has to do with the way... Uh, we, it has to... Uh, it, it's it's changed the way things have come out. And I don't know if it's because of the play calling or what, but Kyle Allen gets to the line with 17 to 21 seconds left every single play. Okay? Cam Newton gets to the line every single play with 7 to 5 seconds. Now, I get it that, that given your offense that rest helps but you're also giving the defense that chance to rest and your defense that chance to scheme and change their players out Kyle Allen gets up to the line with half the play clock left and and gets there and calls whatever play is given to him I don't know if it is him being a better quarterback uh, as far as you know calling the plays or or they're calling different plays like they're saying Kyle Allen this is what you're going to run go out there and run it no questions asked whereas Cam Newton they say Cam you have this this or this if you, see, if you see something different, call a different play. And I feel like the timing you give between each play has a big deal to do with the way the game is played because when we play fast-paced with Cam Newton, yeah, it's uh, run the better. line, hurry up, no offense, he plays great. Yeah, you know, He really does. And and whenever you, when it, you let him play the way he wants to, three, four seconds left on the clock, he likes the ball one second left, they know exactly what the snap count is, they have time to read the play, they have time to rest, like, they have time to change players out. Like, I just feel like that has a big deal with the way the play calling is going. So, CK, put your point out there.
3: So, my point is, you know, to one that you already brought up, is I think that Kyle Allen comes out and they tell him, here is your play. The the microphone on your headset cuts out at 15 seconds before the end of the play. So, if he's already got the play, there's no need for him to sit there and look at the defense. He's going to run what he sees. Right. Um, Cam Newton. I think it's a matter of confidence. He's got the play at least 15 seconds before that clock runs down. Um, I think he's looking at the defense. He's making his decisions. He's making his reads and he's able to adjust the offense the way that he could. I can't tell you that there's I, I you know how many times that I've seen Cam alter the play. I can't even remember seeing Kyle Allen calling an audible, but maybe a few times. Um, right. But beyond that, let's talk about the no huddle. That's, again, Cam Newton's confidence because he's calling the plays a lot of times in that situation. Right. Hey, let's hurry, hurry up and get to the line. I'm going to go ahead and, you know, we're going to do this play. It's not necessarily that he is being forced into it. I think he would probably prefer no huddle because that seems to be his strength. I don't yeah. know. I just I think it's a matter of confidence, and I think Cam Newton has it. Uh, that's why that, that uh, timing is a little off.
4: Cam has historically not been the greatest, though, at avoiding delay of games and unnecessary timeouts.
5: But I feel that's also Ron Rivera, too. Yeah, we
4: don't know like, who it is, but it's not maybe, been happening yeah, the last know. couple yeah. games. It hasn't been I like, I, happening. Uh, like
5: it, always, it, it always sounds like I'm trying to deflect away from Cam Newton, but I feel like, uh, that Tony, this is something that you and I have said for a long time, that Cam Newton thrives in those hurry-up situations, get to the line, let Cam Newton see what the defense is giving, and let him change the play accordingly. But it's like North Turner and Ron Rivera, for you know, for at least as long as Turner has been here, have tried to outthink the room. And that dated back to Mike Shula as well. So I don't know if Kyle is or isn't better. I think that's a lot to do with our coaching Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I I want Cam Newton to be in control of our offense because he's proven capable of doing it.
4: I just don't want him to get delayed games. <laughs> that's yeah. it. I mean, that's it.
5: Terrible.
4: I mean, it's terrible. not the is, is that there is. I think it's a a reasonable observation though to say. I think cool. in both people both points are very important. One is that Cam is adjusting. Kyle Allen likely isn't. Um, But there also is Cam has let that clock get to the end a lot of times, unnecessarily. And it seems like, yes, you can say it's the coaches that are, you know, tell him not to go too fast. But I don't think they're also saying get to one second either. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I mean, if he wanted to slightly uptick the offense, go a little bit faster, I don't think I think he could go two or three
3: seconds faster, too. Absolutely. Well, and that keeps the defense on. If it's down to one, guess what? The defense knows the ball is about to be snapped.
4: And you saw that last night on when Detroit guy, that Detroit guy jumped that thing. He, yeah, he got off. Yeah, it was crazy. All right. All right. Let's go on. Let's, because we've, we said we were going to do it. We've teased it. The time is here. This is the time. What do we even call it, Cody?
5: So I've been calling it C3, believe it or not. Because and you know I, I, I find it uh, I like you know, it. almost yeah, almost poetic, you know but my theory has been that you do not see uh, who is a legitimate contender until after week six. So week one through six, there's a lot of fibbing going on. There's a lot of BS that a lot of people are believing and getting high off of. And I'm here to tell you that a lot of these teams that, that people are are really high on right now, I don't think they're gonna be able to sustain that going down the stretch. So, so let's my go idea ahead. was all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. My idea was uh I just have up the NFL power rankings. I just chose the NFL and we could just kind of bounce around a few of these teams and uh say if we believe that this is a legitimate contender football team or not.
10: Okay.
4: All right. So I mean obviously Patriots have to be number one. are they number one in the power rankings six and no
5: yeah, so one, two, and three right now. And we can also critique the rankings uh, if we want. We have the Patriots at one, the Niners at two, and the Saints at number three.
6: Okay.
4: All right. So, so um, I mean, obviously, Patriots are not pretenders, right? Is the no. Patriots are going to be like, at, at this point, it doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter if they wheel Tom Brady out there in a damn wheelchair. They win. Def- now their defense is the best. You know,
6: it's always they can run the ball. So, all right, San
10: Francisco. I, I can't
4: say
6: that real, real quick, Tony. If they were in a different division, they would be pretenders.
10: Oh god! No, yeah, yeah. No, the, the
6: fact that they had no. the easiest division of football They're six for and twenty-five 0. years. The fact that okay, five years, is, man, easiest division of football. It, it, it's insane. Like you, you can't, you can't, you can't brush that aside. Okay. But let me they, tell are, you they why, are great. You can't no, brush listen,
5: it their, their division yeah. is terrible, but. Every I, I mean, but but listen, it, it, here's the deal though. They go into the playoffs every year and they right. defeat whatever team that comes at them. They go on the road, they beat teams. It, it, it's right. one it's one thing if they're only playing the jets and the bills and the Dolphins, but... Players uh,
4: come and go. Players come and go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? One week they beat you with a run game. The next week they throw mm-hmm. 500 yards. One the week they beat you defensively. Yeah. Yeah. So is is that... I don't and even... Yeah. is They would... Be, thank God they're in that division. Thank God yeah, they're in that hard. division.
5: So, All right. Okay. Then, let, uh, then let's jump to this one because I feel like this is the one I'm interested to hear. Uh, San Francisco... So we all agree that the Patriots are contenders, but what do we think about San Francisco right now? I say contender, contender or pretender.
6: I say pretender. contender.
5: Pretender. CK, what's the you think, man?
3: This is one of the hardest ones, man, because they put together some really good games. Um I say I say contender, but not number two in the NFL yeah. contender. I think yeah. they're like I'm with number you. eight I'm with I, you
4: one hundred percent. Yeah.
5: Uh, I'm I'm about right where you are. I do think they're a contender. My problem is, is I don't know that that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is the type of quarterback that everyone thought that he was. Exactly. Um, and, and I I kind of I just don't see him. You know, if they're in the same division and that division comes down to them and the Seahawks, who we're going to talk about in a second, I just I trust mm-hmm. Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll more than I do. Yeah garoppolo and and shanahan who by the way don't let history let you forget kyle shanahan engineered that epic Mm -hmm. choke job for atlanta so
4: defense just as much as anything i do
5: think i do think san francisco is a good football team i do not believe that uh that they're gonna win their division uh, or be a legitimate contender in the Let me,
4: playoffs. Here, here's the deal: is that San Francisco is a contender, and CK is right: is that they might, they're not number two, but here they've got a recipe that can take you to the playoffs. <sighs> they've got a defense. They have a run game, and here is check this stat out. Here for you, I'm going into the stat cave. Jimmy uh-huh. Garoppolo is 13 and two as a starter. Yes. It doesn't even matter if he plays shitty. It doesn't matter if he plays shitty or not. They win. They win. They
3: win. You got so, to say yeah. that he is. they real. They're legit. Here's the thing: if you're going to use that argument, Tony, you've got to actually apply that to the Panthers too. Because what was happening with the 49ers? Let's talk about when he was traded to the 49ers. He came to a very trash team and he went undefeated there the last half of the season. I think you rattled off seven in a row. The problem with my that stat is they were crowning him as being one of the greatest quarterbacks already. If you look at his numbers, he was very, very inconsistent as a quarterback. But oh. their argument was that they were raising the bar. Like, he was raising other players up to be great. Like, yeah. You know, great. No. yeah, he's not
4: doing yeah. that. He's not doing that. But here's the deal is they don't have a Cam Newton either. Or they yeah. didn't have a Cam Newton. Jimmy G is—he's sorry. He's not even that good, really, at
6: times. But he's getting better each week. Well, you know what the difference is—is Cam—is New- Jimmy G dates a porn star and Cam Newton married a stripper. So oh, I mean, so
5: Garoppolo went one level too far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, uh, uh, all right. So let's uh, let's keep this ball rolling. And uh, th- this is uh, this is the interesting one right here. The New Orleans Saints,
6: oh. <laughs> are
5: they a pretender or are they a contender? And I'll just start here, man. I'm not going to, uh, you know, dance around the subject. I, I said this earlier. We're going to have to take out New Orleans. I don't think we're going to be able to trust anybody else to do it. I think that we're an eerily similar football team to New Orleans right now and that it doesn't really matter, uh, you know, who the quarterback is. The game plan is the same. Run the football and distribute the football to different offensive weapons that you have and let your defense do the rest. If uh, New Orleans, they're going to, as long as they have Sean Payton, they're a contender. If we want to move them out the way, we got to do it our damn selves.
6: I have to say that the Saints are a pretender. And the only reason I say that is because they've lo- they've won two games this year where they've scored less than 14 points historically in the NFL when you score less than 16 points you lose 86% of the time and they We've, won both those games we okay? used to be good so, at that yeah well well i'm i'm just saying like 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 you, you can't win you can't be a contender if you're scoring 12 points a game against defenses. like it, it, It's just not going to win in the game. It's not going to happen. Like You you will not see a team that can consistently win games and score 12 to 14 points a game. And I know they have their backup quarterback in there, so so there is an excuse for that. But as of right now, I consider them a pretender. We will take them over probably next week as the number one in the division. And I do not think... I think they'll make a wild card, and they'll probably make a good run because they're a damn good team. But... You know, 14 points, 16 points is not going to win. Too crazy. Bull. He's crazy, CK.
3: So, you, when I look here at the the standings, so the people they've beat, they've beaten the Texans, they've beaten the Rams, they've beaten the Seahawks. Um, they, so, here's, here's the part about this. Um, when, All in
5: the top ten, by the way.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, when I look at that, the Rams are the only ones that I would say, eh. The, the Texans, we beat them as well. But, I mean, at the same time, uh, you know, we – that was the first game of the season. And and that's where, to Cody's point, we don't really know who we're dealing with in the first game of the season uh, at that point. Uh, then we go to the Cowboys and the Bucks, and then the Jaguars. Um, and what you see is a pretty inconsistency. You know, you see 30 points they scored. You see 27 point or nine points they scored against the Rams. 33 points they scored against the Seahawks 12 points they scored against the Cowboys and this is back to back weeks by the way so like every other week they're scoring 30 points, 30 points against the Bucks. 13 points against the Jaguars so when you look at that there's a huge inconsistency, um, I still think when you look at the, uh, the reality of it, I think they're just too talented of a team, they're very well coached um, there is no way they're not a contender I just think that maybe they're being crowned a little bit too much at this point We'll see what we have with them when we, play. but I think there's, I think we're gonna find out either we're real or they're real, one of the two when we have to play them soon. So,
6: well, you know what everybody forgets when they talk about the Saints is the three back to back to back seasons they went seven and nine, and nobody talks about that. They went seven and nine, seven and nine, seven and nine. Then they got Alvin Kamara. Then they won the division in the last two years, and well, that's all that's a big they're deal. The they're division
4: NFL. winners two to two years in a row. You know, huh? I mean the, well, even yeah, they the, last, the
6: Divi- but you know what we were division winners three years ago. They right? lost to so, the Saints. Yeah.
4: I mean, the they lost to the Rams, by the way. The Saints did. Yeah,
3: 33 to 9. I, well, I they won.
5: 27,
3: yeah. was, yeah.
5: well but to, to to if I can and kind of make my own amendment to what Calf. Greg said, it's not even that they're seven to nine or, or that there were seven to nine so many years in a row. How about you go into the playoffs the last two years in a row? and choke in a heartbreaking fashion. Oh, well, they got robbed. But, dude, this is the deal, though. It's hard to do this every single year. Yeah, I agree. To, to, I, mean, I mean, you already see it with injuries. Uh, you know, it, it's – I mean, everyone's uh, rejuvenated their football team with talent. I mean, it's it's tough to win in the How about NFL. This? How
4: about this? Who's more real, the Saints or the 49ers? Saints.
5: Sounds
6: uh, yeah uh, yeah I think the Saints
5: but, right, but that but, answers but the I question said, the I think.
6: Saints, look at look at Drew Brees' stats the last eight games of the season the last two mm. years and tell me he's a real the Saint, I like mean the Saints are
4: the Saints are real until they ain't you know until and right now and they season. and they real right now All right, what's next, Cody? Who's next on the list?
5: All right, so uh, on your mind right now? Yeah, it's got to so, be KC. Well, listen. There's uh there's a few good teams we can talk what about, but uh, I Old know Packers? that Greg uh, uh Greg has some had some feelings on this, and Tony had some different opinions. So oh, yeah. let's talk about the Green Bay Packers. Let's do it. Sit, sitting right. at number four, they're five and one. They're number one in the NFC North. Uh, let's start with my man Tony Dunn. Tony Dunn, what are you feeling? About
4: this Green Bay Packers. This is this is a simple simple question. the The Packers are for real. They have now put finally put a good defense on the field, and Aaron Rodgers has been arguably the best quarterback we've seen in the NFL for the past ten years. He has struggled with injury a couple of times in the in the past. But you saw Aaron Rodgers. He makes – it doesn't matter who gets hurt on that wide receiver court. Put somebody else in. He's throwing dimes, man. And they, those passes were just gorgeous. And he is – he's a real proven quarterback. Now with a defense,
6: the Packers are better than people think they are. Okay. I will counter that with I agree with you that, that I believe Aaron Rodgers is probably the best thrower of the ball I've probably ever seen. Especially with some of those passes all the other night, like last night, uh, amazing passes. Any, I could catch those balls. Covered the way they were. Yeah, he
4: like throw right. them to you in your house. Like all of a sudden, it'd be like throw it through that window over
6: there, and you hit your mom in the head. But let's look at it like this, okay? The Packers scored ten points against the Bears. While the Bears are a great defense, they scored ten points. Okay, they beat the Vikings by five points. The Vikings are a garbage team. No, they're they the not. They beat the Broncos by nine points. The Broncos are a, um, a low-level team. They got blown out by the Eagles at home. Okay. They barely beat the Packers. They almost let the Packers come back on them. They were up 31-3. The Cowboys. And they almost uh, the Cowboys, sorry. They they almost let the Cowboys come back on them, up 31-3. And they barely beat the Lions only because the ref gave them that game. Okay. They are a good team. They are a playoff team possibly win their division but they're in a very tough division maybe wild card they are not a top four team in the nfl though Aaron ck Rogers,
4: i tell you this ck players. is i'd rather play damn 49ers than i would freaking green bay in the playoffs right now
3: so i i, I, I want to <laughs> so i almost want to side with uh greg um and i only <laughs> say that <laughs> he points out, you know, the, the, one, the one team that I think would counteract is the Vikings, right? You know, most people would say they're actually a really good team. The problem was early on they weren't. They weren't letting Kirk Cousins throw the ball. They were really restricting their offense. And that's in a game plan manner. You know, that was what they were trying to do. Right. Um, now, why I bring that up is – they were playing the Vikings and they only won by five points. When the Vikings weren't playing good football, you know they were playing decent defense, but they weren't playing offense in a way that was going to be able to uh, stay uh, high powered. So what I mean by this is they faced a really tough defense in in uh, in Chicago, and they only scored ten points. Chicago doesn't have an offense. I don't care who who's going to tell me one way or another. Trubisky is not the answer to their their questions. Right. So. When you have a situation like that, and you see the fact they should have lost against Detroit, that was a th- that game was much more in the favor of Detroit than the stats look like they are. That was oh, yeah. a Detroit game through and through for the entirety. Just Aaron Rodgers is a magi- magician, um, but uh, I think uh, I still think they're a contender. But I still I wouldn't put them in the top five. I'd put them probably eight or nine until we see them actually defeat a, a, a good team when they're playing well then we're, we'll have a conversation about them. I agree.
5: All right, man. So it's going to have to be two and two. I'm going to line up with my man, Tony Dunn. Because, <laughs> uh, listen, I, I just – okay. And I, I'm about to say this about the Seahawks as well. Uh, I, I can say this about the, the Packers and the Seahawks. It, you know, and you you saw this with, with the Jets. And, by the way, shout out to Greg. We all wanted to clown on Greg for uh, saying that uh, the Jets might be a wild card team. Well, hey, you see what happens when Sam Darnold come back comes back. And it's a testament to the quarterback position. And I'm just listen, uh, I've seen Aaron Rodgers play his play his best football time and time again later on in the season when it matters most. And there's a lot of parallels between a lot of the better teams in that they're playing defense. The Packers have a pass rush, y'all. They're yeah. not. They're not asking their quarterback to do everything. I would argue that this, you know, this might be one of the better, uh, more dangerous teams in all the NFC right now. I mean, that's that's kind of where I'm at with this. Um, I could easily see them getting into the playoffs and even making it to the NFC Championship game. They're a well-rounded football team. Now, as much as I hate to say that, that's just how I feel, man. I think the Packers. Are a contender uh, right
6: now. Well, real quick, before we go on to the next one, I just want to say that me saying that I don't think the Packers are a contender doesn't have anything to do with my Aaron Rodgers feeling. I think that Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen in my life. And I'm not a Packers fan. Okay. I'm but, not even, yeah, I'm not even an Aaron yeah, Rodgers fan. Yeah. But, but I being, agree with just that being statement. A great quarterback <laughs> does not mean you are going to win. Just,
5: no just, doubt. I mean, you know, just, no
4: for all that shitting on the Vikings, though, is that they did lose in Green Bay and in Chicago. Two division losses does hurt. Does hurt. But, yeah. But all then right. listen,
5: I would listen. Then, uh, okay, so then uh, real quick, let's try and do two more. We'll do two more NFC and two more AFC, and wow. then we can move on to uh, whatever else. Since we're already talking about them, let's talk about Minnesota, and I'll go first. I'm with Greg on this. I don't, I don't believe in this Minnesota team, dude. I just don't. I I, I feel they have a quarterback that uh, will be a liability down the stretch, and uh, even though they do have two of the better receivers in football, I think Dalvin Cook is injury-prone, and I've just seen Minnesota blow it too many times, and I think Mike Zimmer is still the same head coach that's going to do the same old thing. I do not trust Minnesota to be a a legitimate playoff football team. I just I don't I don't trust it.
6: I agree with all those points. Everyone you just made, I agree with. Somebody else go.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I I think they're a contender. Um when you see what they win, they win. They beat the Raiders thirty four to fourteen. That's a twenty point differential. They beat the Giants. I'm not gonna sit here and say that this is a handed, you know, handed they're you know, incredible wins, but they beat the Giants. Uh, 28 to 10 that's three possessions they beat the Eagles 38 to 20 that's three possessions right there um, I'm once again these aren't fantastic teams but and when they lose they uh, and they beat the Falcons 28 to 12 two possessions um, they they lost to the, the Packers by five points they lost to the Bears by 10 points Uh, and that was uh, one of the situations that they should have never been in because they Uh, once again, are restricting Kirk Cousins from actually letting things go. I think they're a contender. I think their stats show that they are. If they actually allow their team to play, I think Mike Zimmer was holding them back because he wants to play a certain game. I think they're contenders.
4: Here's why they're contenders. They're wild card. They're wild card. Look, the Packers are going to end up winning the NFC North. The Minnesota Vikings are a real wild card contender. I'm going to tell you why. The schedule, at first glance... Seems if I just when I read the names of the teams off, you're gonna go, wow, that's a really tough schedule. But I'm gonna tell you how this schedule is surmountable. All right, next week they go they're on the road in Detroit. That's a very tough game. That will tell us a lot about the Vikings next week. But then they get they host the Redskins, then they go to Kansas City, Cowboys, Vikings Seahawks, Vikings Chargers, Vik up excuse me, Vikings, excuse me. What am I saying? Here's, I said Vikings. Of course they're playing the Vikings. They are the Vikings. So it goes Lions, Redskins, Redskins at home, Chiefs on the road, Cowboys on the road, Broncos at home, Seahawks on the road, Lions at home, Chargers on the road, Packers at home, Bears at home. Here's why that schedule, it sounds scary at first because you say Chiefs, Cowboys, and Seahawks. But here's the deal: is that if they can beat the Lions this week, they got the Redskins. That should be that's doable. The Vikings are a team that can beat the Chiefs, and the reason being is they have a run game and a defense. And the way to beat the Chiefs we've seen is to keep their offense off the field. The Cowboys, and- you can beat the Cowboys. The Broncos are beatable. The Seahawks they'll probably lose to, but having division games at home. Their home environment is a tough, tough place to, uh, to win. I think mm-hmm. that the Vikings are legitimate contenders and could be a scary team to face if their offense can find a way to really start putting points up or continue Ooh. to put points up. All right, what was the next team?
5: All right, so uh, we'll do – right, how about this? How about the Buffalo Bills at 4-1? and one? Mm-hmm. I feel okay. like this is easy for everyone to just shit yeah. on because it's Ooh. the Buffalo Bills, okay. you know, and the, like whatever. But right now, NFL has them ranked at number 10 and the Panthers at 12. So, which the Cowboys at 11, what the hell are they smoking? Yeah. But really? uh, the, so yeah, the, the Bills, do you have a strong opinion on the Buffalo Bills? I do. Because I will say Take that I, I don't know, man. I'm just, I, I don't, I don't trust that yet. I can't say that I trust that this is a team that is a real contender. I I think they're going to start strong. They'll put up some good performances, but I just think that this team doesn't have enough offensive firepower or the run game to consistently put up points down the stretch and in that division. Well, not necessarily that division, but they're going to play the Patriots again. I don't see it. I do not buy the Buffalo Bills as a contender. I say they are.
4: Pretenders. Pretender, pretender, pretender.
3: Go. All hey, right. Hey, and I, I said I'm long-winded. I'm going to try to keep this as short as possible. They gave Tom Brady his worst passer rating in over 10 years, almost probably, uh, I think, what, 2006 when they played him. Um, they won. They, they lost 16-10, to 10, and they were one concussion away from winning um because Josh Allen was driving that ball he's Mr. second half and he was coming in and he was actually making uh some progress on that uh on that drive i think they had an opportunity to win that game um outside of that i think they're contenders and i'm going to tell you why and the same reason i think the patriots are contenders uh the in the NA, their afc east this year has the easiest schedule out of any other division yeah. if you look at it they play the nfc east um, they're. I mean, it's just not. If you go and look, it's it's almost hysterical to see what the Patriots' schedule is. Same yeah. thing with the Bills. I think they'll make it in as a wild card. I don't think they're going to win the division, but I think they'll make it in as a wild card. So I think they're okay. a contender in that respect. They're not going to make it past the wild card round, no. though.
6: Okay. Uh, well, real quick, before I get answer mine, I want to specify two things. One, real quick, Tony, twelve pack, your choice of beer. The Packers will not win their division. I'm calling it right now. You take me uh-huh. on that or not? Yeah, definitely. Okay, 12 pack of your choice. Packers will not win their division. Okay. So so we're laying out. (laughs) It's out there on the Twitterverse. It's out there on YouTube. We know. Yep. It's official. We have witnesses. What are are we determining as contenders? Are we determining people we think are going to win the Super Bowl or people we think can make some noise in the playoffs?
5: Well, so what I mean is a a team that makes a contender. Well, yeah, but also can make a push to be a Super Bowl team. Okay. Like a, like a, like so that, down the stretch we start to get a feel of of okay this team they can make a, a legitimate run whereas okay. there are teams that we know are going to be in the playoffs and they'll fizzle if out.
6: That, if that's the case, then I have to say that Buffalo is a contender simply because I've seen the Giants make this make the playoffs two times as a wild card and beat and win the Super Bowl. Okay. Okay. So I I feel like the 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 Bills are a contender. They have a solid defense. They have a decent offense with a young quarterback. I think that they can make the wild card. They're not going to win the division because they're, you know, obviously. But I think they are a contender to win four games if they make the playoffs. It, it's possible. It can happen. So contender. I'm going on record to say the Buffalo Bills will not
4: represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm going oh, yeah. on record saying that. I, I'm not, wow. I'm not,
3: I'm not going go go to
4: I mean, Coming let's. Uh, the there, all right. Armstrong. I think there's other teams. though. is that be more interested in the Ravens uh, or the Texans as a team than I would be the Bills. Not to shit on them. I'm not trying to say they're awful, but I just don't think is that even if they got a wild card berth, is I, I I I have more. F- I'm interested in talking about pick the next team. Let me see.
5: Yeah. Okay. So two more teams. We'll do one more AFC and we'll do one more NFC let's do the number seven ranked kansas city chiefs mm-hmm. are we talking <laughs> about contenders Are we're talking about pretenders and now i feel everyone will jump to say hey man they got patrick mahomes patrick mahomes is the best thing since mm. sliced bread but i'm telling you man that defense it's the same thing as oh. last year they're they're gonna have to depend on patrick mahomes and Tyreek Hill, whom I traded away and Greg in fantasy football, because maybe I'm a dumbass, but whatever, that's here (laughs) nor there. They're going to have to depend on that offense to put up a billion points every game like we saw last year Mm -hmm. on Monday Night Football against the Rams. I think they're going to be in the playoffs, but I do not think this is a team that can compete to win a Super Bowl. They're not a well-rounded enough football team. Now, whose offense do I prefer, Kansas City or Green Bay? Kansas City all day. But Green Bay, in my mind, has a much more well-rounded roster they end up playing better defense. I just I don't trust Kansas City to uh, to go all the way.
4: I tell you, one there will be no one-dimensional team that beats the Patriots. Right? I mean, yeah. to beat the mighty, mighty Patriots is going to take an offensive and a defensive effort. And you know that there's something weird about Kansas City. They get ran. Re- Man, Frank Gore, was it Frank Gore? Yeah. Who was it? Uh, that he was, he may, whoever's running for Houston now, uh, who is, yeah, I think it's Frank Gore, somebody like that, that's been in the league. He's like 38. And he Frank Gore's playing
6: for the
5: Buffalo. Right? Yeah, I think that's Buffalo he's playing for. Him.
4: Who's the? Yeah, it's the other McCoy?
5: guy.
4: No, he played. Came McCoy. from San Francisco. He came from San Francisco. I have a Frank Gore used uh, to Coles play for. Hyde? San, yes.
5: Yeah, well, Frank Gore did used to play for uh, San, San, San Francisco. Yeah,
4: Carlos Hyde, yeah. Hyde yeah. looked like damn. He looked like I think. Where is he for Kansas City? Whoever it was looked like a damn. Uh, Dorsett out there, Tony Dorsett against the damn Kansas City Chiefs,
3: and Are somebody look at the it. Uh, somebody. Yeah, yeah, it. That was Carlos Hyde. Uh, Duke Johnson as well.
4: Yeah, it was Carlos Hyde. All right, so here is that. I just don't think that the Chiefs right now is that. Look, you can't win like that in the NFL. You just have to have more than just Patrick Mahomes. It's just it, yes. and and, and, and listen, let's, let's be honest. That's all it is. Well, I mean, and maybe and Tyreek Hill. All right,
3: who's next, Cody? Uh,
5: uh CK, did, uh, did you uh say? Oh, did the, anybody's? Yeah, I think, did
3: I? I don't think. I, I think they're a pretender, and it has a lot to do with that defense, but it also has to do with uh, that offense does not know how to run out of clock. They only know how to score touchdowns. Yeah. Touchdown. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that makes it really hard on a mm-hmm. defense when they're not actually playing well. That's going to put uh, situations in a pretty bad spot to where you're not really going to be able to run the game down to a, to the double zeros without giving the opponent an opportunity. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, pretenders, uh, I think, I think you're going to see a, an interesting step back from Patrick Mahomes this year. You're going to see a, uh, Patrick Mahomes who is, uh, not going to come close to his MVP caliber. A, s-
5: a sophomore slump, if you will. No, uh, know that,
3: third year, junior slump,
6: but yeah,
5: yeah, but he been t- technically didn't play. But, <laughs> but, but, but whatever, Greg, what are you feeling, man?
6: Uh, I, I'm, I'm the same with uh, with uh, CK here. I think Pretenders, and for almost the exact same reason, I think they're one dimensional. I think that if you get them down early, and if you can stop them from scoring three or four drives out of the game, and you continue to pound an offense, you will beat this team. Uh, uh, Houston showed it last week. They were down what thirteen or sixteen points, and they came back and strung off twenty two or twenty three points. And I went and watched that game. game. Watson wasn't even great. They weren't even good that game.
4: Yeah, they, the, the they, Texans, exactly, they dropped like five touchdowns. The Texans should have beat them by like forty. Yeah, yeah. That's
5: those my, receivers. That's my
6: point, is the, the Texans weren't even that good, and they still beat. Them. Yeah,
5: yeah. But Deshaun just, Watson the, the, was, was, was one dimensional. Deshaun Watson was awesome, but his receivers were dropping passes yeah. in the end zone. Yeah. All and all over yeah, the place. And, and they and they still came back. Uh
6: I hope you're your next AFC team.
5: Well uh well no, but uh I mean we, we could do it, but I was gonna go one more uh NFC team. Uh and that's our uh that's our old friends, our old buddy, old pals, the Seattle Seahawks. Okay. At five in the morning and uh, Russell Mm. Wilson is getting a lot of MVP love right now. Uh, He's playing out of his mind. I I mean, listen, uh, they were on the road against Cleveland, and they were down by double digits, and they came back and won the football game. Now, it was against the Browns, but, dude, they have, in my mindset, that kind of grittiness that's been on that team for a long time now, where they're going to fight you tooth and nail. They mm-hmm. have a culture there. They have a winning football culture. They play tough on defense. Uh, Bobby Wagner is no Luke, but he does anchor that defense. And, I'm, you know, you have to bet on Russell Wilson. This is a legitimate contender in the NFC.
4: Okay. How can they not um, be, right? I, I yeah. can I can honestly say this. Is I don't know if I've watched a full Seattle Seahawks game this season. Right, and I've been expecting them at some point to just lose a game. They've had some tough things. They've had to go beat the Rams. They've had that. You know what I mean? Like you just expect at some point they're be mortal, but they're immortal. Every time you mean, right now they're just winning, and it does. How? Why? Why say pretender? Right? Contender all the way for me.
5: And we have to play them too at the towards the end of the season. CK, what's your thinking, man?
3: Dude, I, I, yeah, it's hard to say anything other than contender. I mean, you look at that offense, uh, Tyler Lockett, probably um, one of the best receivers in the – Little uh, baby
4: Lockett. That's what we wanted yeah. Bird to become.
3: Yeah, exactly. And then you have DK Metcalf, who's really kind of coming into his own. Um, they have they have a good four to five receivers that are really good receivers. So I think that they have a lot when it comes to offense. You have Chris Carson. Um, you know, they had Disley before he's lost <sighs> for the season. Uh, But it's, you know, outside of that, you know, and then you look at Russell Wilson man. he is playing. like He's a magic man.
5: He's a magic man.
3: He's smooth. And and I can't you know, I can't remember the last time that I've ever seen them play where I wasn't confident he could. Like if it was if they were down by six and they needed a touchdown, I was I don't think it's been it's been a long time since I was watching them uh, play where I didn't think he could bring it back. Yeah. Uh, I've I've but, tried
4: to poo poo Russell Wilson his whole career. It's impossible. Yeah, know, yeah. it's, I'm it's done hard. with it. Can't do
5: it. Yeah. Yeah. Can't, can't do it. Anymore. And then that
3: defense, right? Uh, Jadavian Clowney, um, they're getting back. Uh, you know, a yeah. really big anchor on their defensive line this week as well. Man, um, and their their secondary is not playing bad. I mean, they're they're just all. I say, in my opinion, I think they're a top Green Bay certainly for being more well well rounded than Green Bay. In my opinion,
4: I don't want to play them. No. Well, well we we it back. turns out yeah, we got go to. Yeah. see it, Tony.
3: <laughs>
11: yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll be
4: there. Actually, actually I do want to play okay. him then, just not in the playoffs.
11: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, no, so, a lot uh, of people in
6: the playoffs blew him out of the water. So uh kind of piggybacking on what CK said there, I believe they're a contender too. And, you know, I hate saying it because I'm a Panthers fan, but Russell Wilson is the quarterback I expected Cam Newton to be. And I said this a few weeks ago in the, in the, in the show – he will always always no matter what he has, make it work. They will always make the playoffs I don't has he missed the playoffs the year he's been in the NFL
5: yeah, so they didn't make they didn't make the playoffs last year uh, but that was the only time. Uh, since Russell Wilson's been in Seattle that they didn't make the playoffs
6: but that was only because of a tiebreaker with Dallas where Dallas won the last game right
5: it I mean, was something it was yeah it was, it something was crazy like that some, something ridiculous all right, e- either I, way I guess I'm not a fan you.
6: but man Russell Wilson is the man that guy can get it done I don't care uh what anybody he's a says, man that guy has all the intangibles you know he can throw the ball he can scramble he's smart everything about him is what I expected Cam Newton to be whenever Cam Newton came in the league. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not afraid to say Cam Newton's falling short of what Russell Wilson is. If if you, if you're looking at a hall of fame ballot and you have Cam Newton and Russell Wilson, you got to decide between two right now, I'm taking Russell Wilson. I'm not going to lie. I mean, he's got super bowls.
4: He's got super bowls. Here's my thing is I've, I just suddenly realized what it would take for me to say I want Kyle Allen over Cam Newton. What's All right? This is what would have to happen. The oh, Panthers boy. would have to be playing the um, Seattle Seahawks in the NFC Championship game in Seattle with that deafening-ass roar that would be there if they were going to the – you know what I'm saying? You know how Seattle gets. With yeah. Jadavian yeah. Clowney – if Kyle Allen could beat that, that's it, and go to the Super Bowl and then win the Super Bowl, <laughs> but I would say that. that is that he would have to go on the road in Seattle in the <clears throat> NFC Championship. That's what it probably would take for me to really to to say, okay, let's try to play Kyle With Allen.
10: Yeah.
4: I hear you. I would almost <laughs> say that's what it would take for me to say, let's play Kyle Allen in the Super Bowl if cam
6: came back healthy that week <laughs> <laughs> you got to start cam at least one snap if they get the football. you got to yeah. oh my gosh imagine
4: see I don't want to play them in their house late late yuck all right no, i agree
5: so um unless you guys have another team you want to bring up uh, that's all i got for you i got um, one okay who you got
6: carolina panthers cowboys uh, oh, pretenders. Oh, yeah,
5: yeah. Who's believing in the Cowboys?
6: I'm going to start off. They are pretenders. Yeah. Pretenders, they man. played the yeah. 3 teams in the NFL, went 3-0. Everybody put them in the Super Bowl. Then they play real competition. They're 3-3. and You know what I love Dallas about Cowboys this? Is, garbage. What I love about
4: the Dallas Cowboys is the same thing I said about the Browns.
6: They're the Browns.
4: You know what I mean? Like it's just like, come on! You know that like Jason Garrett ain't gonna be able to figure this out. Yeah, it ain't gonna happen. And, and uh, I think for me, I think that's probably all I got. I don't think anybody else in the NFC. I'm re- I mean, you could ask the Texans. I think or a team you could ask that question about. I don't think I've seen enough from them just yet. Panthers. I think we're probably gonna say actually, let's ask that Panthers. I think we're contenders. The defense, man, and Christian McCaffrey make us contenders. I Ain't scared of none of these other teams. Are you scared of the Rams? Not really. Are you scared of the Eagles? I think they're mortal,
3: right? Um, oh gosh, yeah. They're they've showed that they're not really much at all. They're they have the worst secondary in the face of the planet.
4: We're really scared of the NFC North, man. That's who and, we are. This um, NFC yeah, it's, it's, it's the NFC North and the NFC West. The, the
3: part
5: that. I'll-
4: Okay. All right. That's it. Can I? I won't. I won't.
5: I, won't, I won't spend time. I won't spend time on this. I'll just say, look for Philadelphia to make a push. That's a better. That's a better team than the, than the five hundred.
4: They have been hurt early. Right they right have here. been hurt early. If they yes. can get healthy, that would help a lot. If
3: they, if they can make a push, I thought they were going to have to push for Jalen Ramsey when they went to the Rams. I thought it was the end of the season for the Eagles. If they mm. can get somebody on the secondary that can actually make some plays. Then they might be in a good spot, but I don't think that without a secondary, I think they're in really uh, they're in the same boat that Tampa Bay is.
4: All right, I'd like to welcome Rafael Esparza, head odds maker at MyBookie.ag, America's most most trusted sports book. You play, you win, you get paid. Thanks for coming back on the C Three Panthers podcast.
11: That's good. I guess it's uh, I'm good luck so far since we've been doing this. You guys have been uh rock, rocking and rolling. So maybe if I can continue jumping on the podcast, you guys win the ship.
4: Hey, you're welcome. You are coming back on this podcast. If I gotta track you down each and every week uh, to make sure that that happens until it does it, and guess what? I'll still call you anyway. Last week, what? Hey, did you take the wife shopping after this weekend's games? That's what I want
11: to know. Uh yeah. Uh, yes, I did. Uh, the Amazon bills are paid. Uh, it, it was a good week for us. some some wacky games. Who'd have thought the Rams would lose again? Who I mean, let's face it, the Dallas Cowboys losing to the Jets was just the creme of the creme. And then throw in the uh, the Packers not covering last night. Uh, it's it, it was a good weekend for us. Do you find that a lot of money gets put on the kind of the the old
4: names of football, the Cowboys, the Redskins, the Green Bay Packers? Does that carry weight
11: in the betting world? Not 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 the Redskins, but any time the Packers don't win uh, and over, any time New England go and, and over hits, is usually long, long days for us. So, I mean, 49ers continuing to roll, beating the Rams. It was Like I said, it was just a, a weird, weird week where like, throwing the Kansas City Chiefs losing again. I mean, Houston Texans, I've been telling people, that loss in week one against the Saints could bite them in, the, in seeding the way they've been playing.
4: Yeah, and the one to the Panthers at home as well. And, and you know, that was a bizarre kind of game is that they were throwing it up all over the place. Points were being scored every which way you could think of. And and the Texans are, man, Deshaun Watson is just amazing. So going through the lines this week, let's go and focus at the NFC South. It's pretty simple uh, because the Carolina Panthers and the Buccaneers are on a bye. The biggest game of the week is the Saints at the Bears. Right now you got the Bears favored at 3 points uh in Chicago. Tell me what the bet, what the money's doing at this point on that game or what you would see it doing.
11: Yeah, I mean it, it all depends on what Chubinski if, if he plays or if he doesn't play. Uh it's going to be all about that cuz I am sorry. Quarterback for quarterback. I mean Bridgewater and Chubinski is not that big of a, a step off. Let's face it, the Saints D our offense has not been doing Anything since Breeze has been out, give Bridgewater one game against Tampa Bay, and I'm going to put that against Tampa Bay. It was not because he was lights out and it hit the offense was moving smoothly. I think it was more Tampa Bay defense and Tampa Bay defense, which you guys just saw about Tampa Bay defense. So if it's all, if it's going to be like the Bears defense and all that, I just don't see Bridgewater being able to move. If he had trouble to move the ball against the Jaguars, what's he going to do? with the rested Chicago Bears who are coming off a horrible loss in London against the Raiders.
4: Yeah, and the Bears' defense is is legit. It's just their offensive side of the ball if it can be consistent. And you, you're right, as every quarterback looks like Joe Montana against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If you look um, to the another team that loves to make everybody look good, it's the Atlanta Falcons. Right now, they're only they are three point dogs to the Los Angeles Rams. I guess you have to factor in the Rams tra- traveling west to east um, and and the, some of their struggles. But it's hard for me to see a world where the Atlanta Falcons can garner any attention at this point. I would bet the Rams over and over and over in, on this one until Atlanta shows me something different.
11: I agree. I mean, granted, both teams are struggling, but if you want to look at the team that's worse struggling. It's the Falcons who anybody can run against them. Anyone can throw against them. Uh, if you're the Rams, you're probably looking at, okay, maybe this is a game we might need just to get our momentum going. So I agree with you. I want nothing to do with the Falcons. I mean, there's a couple of teams that I want nothing to do with. And, and the top of my list are the Falcons, and the second on that list is the, is the Chargers. But right now, why would you want to bet Atlanta? They're one in five and one in five against the spread. That That's just horrible football. And that total of 54-and-a-half, I made it like around 56, and I thought that was going to be a little bit low. But, wow, when we when we settled on the total of 54-and-a-half, I think it's low. I think we're going to see a lot of points scored.
4: Yeah, I mean, you should. As anybody can score on Atlanta. And Atlanta, look, Atlanta, the quarterback threw four touchdowns, missed on six passes, I think, last week, had over 300 yards and no interceptions, and they still lost. I know it's, it's insane to think that Matt Ryan could have a game like that And you lose, they're in trouble right now on defense. A lot of good games this week. Another division rival game, Minnesota at Detroit. I've been telling people Detroit is better than people are giving them credit for. But Minnesota right now is looking like the dark horse in the division. At least, I mean, maybe if Kirk Cousin comes, gets it together, this team has a lot to offer. Their defense is great. Where do you see this game? We got 45 over and under, over under in this. This could be a defensive nightmare.
11: Yeah, I, I agree. It's all going to be the mental game of Detroit. Let's face it. They got they got a game stolen from them last night on Monday night. So what's their moment? Now I'm playing in a short week. How are they going to handle that rib job that they got in Lambo? They should have won that game. Minnesota, you said it. Boy, their offense uh, has looked so much better, scoring over 28 points, three of their last four, blowing up a big number against the Eagles defense. I agree with you. I think the Minnesota Vikings could be that dark horse. And if Cousins continues to, uh, and that offense pass more instead of run, 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 like they did in the first couple of games, it's going to be a very hard team to eat, beat in that division and maybe you know, in the playoffs. I like Minnesota just because of the short week. I don't know what the mental game of the Lions are going to be after that rim job they got last night.
4: There's a lot of good games on the bo- on the books this week. I got to say that the one that I have my eye on is uh, Baltimore at Seattle. I mean, you can't right now. You got uh, two teams that are char- that leading the charge in their division for the most part. Uh, Baltimore Ravens looked unstoppable on offense. Their running attack at some point started to look a little bit like last year's game or last year's team, not but even more explosive because they can pass the ball some. But Seattle, they just can't lose. Right now they're at home, three-and-a-half-point favorites. It's a tough match for the for Baltimore to go on the road. You see a lot of people going Seattle in this game?
11: I do because I think people are starting to realize about Baltimore. Yeah, they're, 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 their record is what it is, but look who they played. They played a bunch of division teams who have been horrible, underachieved that whole division, uh, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Cleveland. And they had an easy schedule in Seattle. Let's face it. The, right now, Russell Wilson's the favorite to win the MVP at two to one. I mean, Mahomes was anywhere between minus uh, one twenty and stuff like that. Now he's up to plus two fifty. Russell Wilson up uh, two to one. If you want some action? And I like to follow you, Carolina fans. Your boy McAfee, nine to one. I think that's outstanding. If the Panthers continue to win, he's the reason why they win. I would grab that nine to one. I think that's great value. But in this game, give me Seattle. All they do is been winning games that one loss was against the Saints, that they gave away that game. They had an interception, ran back for a touchdown, and a fumble that scored a touchdown afterwards. They gave away that game when they played the Saints. I like Seattle minus. And jump on this one. I think this one moves to four, four and a half.
4: Jacksonville at at Cincinnati, um, you got the Jacksonville Jaguars as four-point road favorites. Is this a sucker? Is this like a trap game right here where where the Bengals cover the the four points and maybe even get the win just because – how, are they that bad? Can they continue to be putrid is, or is Jacksonville going to go
11: steamer all these guys? Uh, they should win this game, but this, uh, this is one of those games. I call it a DVR game. Refresh your phone and look at the score when the game is over and then watch this game Sunday night or Monday morning. Do you really want to watch Jacksonville at Cincinnati? The Jaguars should win this game, but at the same time, I think Ramsey gets dealt pretty soon. I mean, he didn't play again or oh, his back or whatever. And there's teams that are, are struggling that need some help on defense. Kansas city, the Rams, uh, uh green Bay's, uh, Jacksonville uh, I heard is interesting. <laughs> Jacksonville Jacksonville, could use uh, yeah, Jackson. Good guys. Put them on the yeah. damn field. But yeah, I, I it, it's already going to be playing on that, but I, I think Jacksonville wins that one. You got any kids, Raphael? No like, kids for me.
4: No kids. Okay. So, well, this is what we call those games. You call them the DVR games. Me and my buddy, we call them the good dad games where you can go and be a good dad and spend time with your family instead of watching Jacksonville at Cincinnati. That's a good dad game there. <laughs> Another good dad game would be Miami dolphins, uh, at Buffalo. I uh, gosh, 17 points is a lot. It's a lot to give. I know it's in Buffalo, but it's not cold yet. The dolphins are putrid, but that's like what you would give the Patriots. <laughs>
11: Yeah, I mean, but as odds makers, we're giving Buffalo a lot of love. They hung around with New England. They had multiple chances to maybe even steal that game uh, against New England. They only lost by six, come back, win against Tennessee uh, by a touchdown. That defense of Buffalo is no joke. And you know what? Miami played pretty good against Washington. Had a big comeback, a comeback win almost only losing by a point, Uh, I would not be shocked if the Dolphins, I'm going to say this, went back-to-back cover games. Uh, They lose, but I think they uh, catch back-to-back games.
4: Yeah, I don't think 17 is too much for me. And then the last time we spoke about a 17-point spread was New England. It was the Jets at New England, and the Patriots, I said, take the Patriots, take the Patriots, and they didn't cover. Now they're only laying. They're on the road against the Jets. They're only ten and a half point favorites. I say only ten and a half. You think Tom Brady the stink of that f- the last game and that offensive performance? I'm. There's no way that I'm not taking the Patriots here. If I if I had to bet this game at ten and a half, I think they blow them out of the water.
11: Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's only one way to bet this game, unless you think the Jets can go win back to back games. But it beat the Cowboys, which maybe we thought the Cowboys were. It's not as good as we thought they were. I think the Jets, I would say don't bet New England's first half. It might be a slow game off the, off the get-go, but I think Brady in the second half pulls away. Uh, I I say the Patriots uh, minus the 10 is a good one. We have 10.5. I think the Patriot betters will come into this one. I I say get the 10 right now if you can, because I think 10.5 to 11s will pop up uh, throughout the week.
4: All right. Well, man, it's great catching up with you. You're our lucky charm, Raphael. Tell them where they can go and and get lucky uh, betting on some sports.
11: I'll jump over to mybookie.ag, get that 100% sign-up bonus. that's still active, ready to go. We have some great games. You got UFC on Friday. We got some boxing on Saturday in London. You got football all weekend long, baseball playoffs. The hockey's been red hot. And don't forget, next week, you know, the NBA drops. So it's just a fun, fun time uh, to jump over to my bookie, get that one hundred percent sign up bonus. And again, if you're looking for some action, get that get that nine to one to win the MVP, because I'm telling you, the Panthers are gonna keep on winning while I'm on the air.
4: Guys, nine to one. I'm ready for it. Be sure if you head over to mybookie.ag to use the promo code overtime. That's the promo code overtime. All right, we'll catch up with you next week, Raphael. All right. All right, so um who wins this week? Uh the Falcons, who the Falcons got this week? They got somebody. Let's see. Ooh, hey, real here. quick.
6: Can you give me the score of, of who who's where in the scores with the, the picks? I haven't kept up. We have to go back and listen to all the
4: <laughs> damn thing. Uh, okay.
5: So uh, next uh, – ne- right, ne- that, that, Cody's winning.
4: Next... Cody's winning. That's what – Do you mean. know that? <laughs> I feel like I'm have I got to be good. Do you
5: know that? Because ne- next Tuesday, I want – We need some, some official numbers. Um, I know
4: I'm not winning uh, right. because I I haven't gotten anything right.
5: So Atlanta – They are playing the Rams.
4: uh, They're hosting the Rams.
5: Yeah, they have the Rams in it. How
4: do you you, you pick the Falcons? I'm not picking the Falcons. I pick the Rams. I will not pick the Falcons ever again.
3: As Steve Smith said, this is going to be a get right game for the Rams. Mm
5: -hmm. (laughs) I agree. Uh, All right, so I got the Rams. Yeah,
3: I've got.
4: uh, Is anybody picking the Falcons? Just to ask, that's the question. Yeah, if you pick the Falcons.
3: I'm going to pick the Falcons, and you know why? Oh, okay. They just now trade. Well, they have Jalen Ramsey. He's coming in, but I don't know if he's going to actually be up to, up to date. And they have put a keep to leave on, on uh, injured reserve, so uh, I'm not sure they have, uh, they have a cohesive unit there. So there is a chance that uh, Atlanta lights it up, but uh, it depends upon if uh, they let Aaron Donald get to Matt Ryan.
6: Well, the problem is Atlanta's going to light it up regardless, but yeah. they're not going Anybody else from
5: scoring the, t- the touchdowns? I think so. That's it is. Not, I think you point. you know. I, I imagine it. I have the Rams 42 to 24. Oh, my uh, let me
4: just read. read this stat off to you the Falcons lost last week, 34 to 33 on the road in Arizona, and this was Missed. Matt Ryan's stat line. 30 for 36 for 356 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Now you got to He recal- threw a 350, 30. four touchdowns, zero interceptions, and that mug lost, right? Well, there, you got to recalibrate. So, yeah. In the whole
6: game, there were only 15 drop passes. In the whole okay, game, 15. Yeah. Drops.
4: He was 27 24. for 37, three forty-three yeah. touchdowns right and um, did he have any rushing he had no he had 30 yards rushing that was it now yes he played well but like it's not any better than what Matt Ryan did that tells you that the Arizona Cardinals I I don't know that the Falcons how do you even do that the Falcons defense is worse than the Cardinals defense that's what the story is that's what's sad That's, that's it they're worse than the Cardinals defense yeah. That's not something no, to be Atlanta, proud of.
5: Atlanta has five sacks on the season. <laughs> oh,
4: God.
5: By the way, we have 27.
3: Oh, I'm waiting so, for us to face them, dude.
4: Brian Burns has more sacks than their whole team. I bet.
5: Yeah. Yeah, I know Mario Addison does.
4: Yeah. All right. Uh, so,
5: uh, okay. Uh, so, we all pick the Rams. Yes. Okay. Who, so, who's? Yeah. So we got the Saints. Against and. the Chicago Bears, mm. where's it at? Uh, it is uh, at Chicago. It is the
4: uh, mm. the late the late game on Fox. Th- this is where New Orleans falls. It's got to be uh, here. Canopy is a travis. Their offense is to ter- the defense three. wins this game alone. That's what I say. Chicago's defense wins this ten. Like it could be something like seventeen. 17- to
5: 15 mm-hmm. it's uh, it, it could very easily be that way if you look at what their offense did against Jacksonville uh, their offense is not looking great right now and they have to go to Chicago on the road I so badly want to pick the Bears man. I because then every team after this they don't play anyone of note until they play us on the 24th of November then they go to uh, the Cardinals, then Atlanta, and then they have Tampa. So if anyone's gonna beat New Orleans, it's gonna be Chicago, but Chicago just lost one of their uh, defensive tackles. I forget his name, but he's a badass. I don't know, man. I'm just I, I think the Saints are are gonna pull off another close one. I'll say seventeen to fourteen in New Orleans.
6: Uh, I got to disagree with you. I'm going to say that the Bears pull this one out because they need a win badly. They're playing against a backup quarterback, and I see the Saints putting up 13 to 14 points like they have two times in Teddy Bridgewater's tenure against the best defense in the NFL. I think that they're going to lose this game probably 17
4: to 13. I like it. I'm with you. All right, CK, what you got?
3: I'm only going with the trend here because they every other game they score 30 points, in uh, meaning the Saints. Um, yeah. I hate to say it, but I think there's no way the Bears uh, survive against the Saints. Um, that offense of the Bears is god-awful. Uh, yeah. You know, they got rid of Jordan Howard, and that was the worst mistake. they. I know they have Montgomery, but that is not doing anything. I think it's the They got to use them. Yeah, <laughs> that would help to
4: give them the ball. 32 to 14. Same. Mm. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. It's been a heck of a show tonight. I've been a long running show. I didn't think it would be like this. The number's 252 228 If you're trying to get a hold of the podcast, we're going to have uh, our next show won't be till Tuesday, though, because there is no post game. Right. But before we go, um, we got to ice some fools up. And I'm going to start. And I'm going to start by icing up somebody that I don't think that the I don't maybe has been rarely done on this podcast. And it might be me just being a little emotional, but I might send up the Carolina Panthers and all other Panther media forms because this, this is why I know it's weird. It's weird, but the Panthers go to London and we have this one little t-shirt that I put a couple of tweets out to a couple of people Right, and what is the harm in in retweeting that? What is the harm? in if I send you a ma- like, not a single person who is another part of the me- like kind of entities of whether it be a YouTuber, whether it be the team, only just people that are our friends and part of the show cared one little bit about that little T-shirt. Like why? Why? Why does it and, matter do it. it does not fucking matter it's like we have eight of them there's eight there's literally like eight over there why why can't we just I retweet everybody's mess I support all of y'all we gotta do this together. that's just me being crybaby-ish. ice up
6: there you go
5: <laughs> would anybody like to go next
6: uh I can take it next yeah. uh. I'm going to say uh, I'm going to ice up the entire Panthers training staff and uh, – Dang, they Panthers taking staff. hits on the chin tonight. Yeah, uh, the, 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 the training staff and the coaching staff. Uh, the training staff, based on what they have done with Cam Newton in his years here, or they have misdiagnosed him, or I, mean, I don't know the full story, but I'm going to assume they've misdiagnosed him and what's going on. And the actual coaching staff – for even entertaining the idea, or even putting it out there in a in a story that's going to hit the internet about Cam Newton possibly being traded, if you think Cam Newton needs to be traded, you are a damn fool. I'm sorry. At me at the bad daddy fifty two, I'll debate with you about it. I don't care. This guy has done more for this franchise than any other player ever in this franchise. And if you want to give up on him after a half a season or two games and a half a season of being injured. Ice up. So I got to say ice up because he is the best athlete, athletic quarterback out there when he's healthy. Let's see him healthy. We'll see what happens. So ice up to the staff, the training staff, and the coaching staff of the Panthers.
5: CK, you want to go next? Yeah, man.
3: uh, Mine's not going to have anything to do with football tonight. It's actually going to have to do with my personal life. Um so as you guys know, I'm buying a house. Uh, it's in the process of being built. Um, but what what happened was the appraisal came back for less than what we're paying for it.
8: Oh. Uh-huh. Now,
3: uh, now the reason I bring this up, guys, is that that meant that I was going to have to come out of pocket for an extra five thousand dollars. You know, it's it's uh, you know not impossible. It was it was going to be hard. Um, and I got the physical copy of the uh, appraisal. And the mother fricker appraised the wrong house.
8: <laughs> oh,
2: oh no. What? He oh, no. Uh, What? what?
3: Oh, you poor fella. He, was,
8: in, poor he fella. was inside
3: a house that wasn't even the one that he was appraising. What? <laughs> he walked into this joint. Oh my gosh, dude. Um and the, the square footage egg. was wrong. The, like, oh my it was just it was hilarious. I called the lender this morning, I'm like, Yeah, this is the wrong appraised house. And they said <laughs> Well, it's the same house as yours. I'm like, no, it's different. You know, pretty, pretty incredibly different, actually. So um, <laughs> anyway, to that appraiser I'm who so walked sorry. into a house that wasn't the one that was supposed to be appraised and appraised it, ice up, son, ice up.
4: God, well, poor, poor guy. You um, know, it's a nightmare to unravel that crap once God. it happens. You know how many hours yeah. you got to spend on the phone? How many documents?
6: You probably oh got to go send them to the mailbox. God. Oh my god! Yeah. I was gonna say, CK, dude, real quick, I'm in the due diligence period right now of my buying my house, and you're right, dude. It is a bitch oh to get gosh. them to do the right things. So I, I, I totally feel you on the ice up pick, man. When I, I bought my yeah. when I bought my first house, the lady who was doing the
4: loan said this, it's not yours until the you the keys are in your hand. Like exactly, that, that she was like, that was it. She I was like, when do you think we'll know? She'll be like, Not until you moved in like 30 days later <laughs> all
5: right
4: cody what you all got
5: right, so mine's a little bit broad and it's a little bit overarching but it, it's very important because you're seeing what people believe in and i'm icing up a few corporations i'm icing up blizzard i'm icing up apple and i'm icing up the nba because all these corporations that I just mentioned have a China problem, oh, God. and this problem is not going away. There and you God. have and you have people that are choosing to silence and, and shut their own opinions up over people that are fighting for their their democracy, for their yeah. freedom. And you have people like LeBron James mm-hmm. and 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 Harden just putting their foot in their mouth, censoring their own selves due to the will of the Chinese dictatorship. I mean, it it, it shows that the almighty dollar is still king in the NFL. Exactly. They, 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 and the NBA they will, too. They will shut up. They will do whatever the, their financial interests dictate them to do. And these are the same people that that shit all over Donald Trump. And I'm no Donald Trump fan, but if you're going to have the courage to speak out against people in power, but you're not going to have the same courage to do the same thing to a communist dictatorship, dude, come on, man. To all the spineless, cowardice cucks that are bending (laughs) over to a foreign government... I up, son.
6: Dude, I, I agree crazy. with you, man. I love LeBron James, but I got to agree with you, uh, you know, the, at this point. Uh, I, you know, it, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So. Yes, thank That's you, Cody. Awesome. And
4: you're right. And I tell you, uh, t- for that is where they have money, influence, and voice. Right. They should know their oh, place. Okay. Oh, sorry. Oh. They, they should know their place. And their place is to use that voice. For to not use it unjustly, right, it unrighteously, makes all,
5: it makes them all the more dumb that they speak out on other social issues, right? Exactly. Now that that affects their pocket and their bottom line, but now all of a sudden you need to be respectful and and not piss off the the potential billions of dollars that's set to be made in mainland China. It's, 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 oh, it's, 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 there you go. Man. It's, it's <laughs> bullshit, man.
4: Well, but they need. You know, yeah, and that's a,
5: that's an interesting,
3: you know, statement. I'm I'm going to leave it at this. But uh when you think about it from that perspective, all of these people that are willing to speak speak out against social injustice, it almost makes you wonder about their motives with that, right? You know, because right. if it it's is all right. about dollar, is it is it about I'm getting I'm going to market myself as a man of the people? by speaking out against this injustice does this not now demolish or diminish rather exactly their, you know uh, in my opinion i think it i think it shows that because they're it, all about the money and that's the only reason they spoke out before or um, if they're oh,
4: dumb if if oh, there's sorry, if, they're oh, so dumb, if they're so dumb if they're so dumb right if they're so dumb on these issues like Cody's pointing out you're right it completely undermines their credibility in other places So, you need to be, as an ambassador of the United States, an ambassador of social justice, at least aware of where the hell you're at and what the hell's going on enough to be a positive force in that rather than the opposite. Sorry. Absolutely. All right. All
5: right. And hey, stand with the people in Hong Kong, man. They want the right to vote and not be subjugated by a dictatorship, dude. Agreed. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. That. Yeah.
4: yeah, exactly. All right. Uh that's the C three Panthers podcast. If you listen to this point, you are pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, it <laughs> that's what I would weird. say. So, thank you. Agreed. agreed. That's crazy that you guys are still with us. Thank you so much for your support. My name's Tony Dunn. We'll be here Tuesday night again, live for a long time next Tuesday as we get ready for the 49ers game. You can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. Cody, where can they get after you?
5: At Cody Lacks, C O D Y L A C on Twitter. By the way, guys, even though it's bi weekly now, I'm still doing draft tech comments. So if you're already interested in draft and what players to look out for, um, go to drafttech.com. We have one coming up uh, this Wednesday. There's going to be another one. That's drafttech.com. I'm the analyst for the Carolina Panthers and the Houston Texans. So look out for my stuff.
6: Very nice. Bat Daddy, where can they get after you? Um, Man, just simply like you said, you can find me at the Daddy 52 on Twitter, Twitter. contact me personally, or I have another podcast. It's the Super Civil Servants Podcast. We talk about movies, TV shows, comic books, books, literature, just about anything out there you can read or absorb. Uh, and we are doing a podcast this week on The Joker, the movie review. So hit us up at SCS Podcast One, but uh, right there, at SCS Podcast One or at The Badly Fifty Two. Hit me
3: up.
4: C.K., did you get any followers last week?
3: Like three or four. Yes. Shout out to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> follow, like co- to, follow CK. I'm up to like 80, so it's cool. Um, <laughs> baddest,
6: baddest ass handle ever. What'd you say? You got the baddest ass handle ever, man.
3: Yeah, it's it's uh, at Codizzle Allen. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, just
2: follow
4: them fools. Good. Follow them. All right. That's the C3 okay. Panthers podcast. Let's go to hell to bed. Good night, right. folks. Keep pounding yeah, peace and love everybody Keep pounding. <laughs> see you Tuesday see ya, <laughs> and YouTube if I can find it. Yes all right. we're done. Fellas, I love being with y'all on Tuesday nights. Well, thank you too, You must if you stay with us for three hours. cook God
6: <laughs> I was gonna um, ask me what the hell are y'all doing up there I know, so I, know. I know
4: every uh-huh.
5: every every time Tony is like hey, we're gonna run through this it's be a story. So, dude, I'm always like bullshit. Yeah. I'm oh, midnight,
3: three
5: hours later. You
3: guys did a phenomenal job keeping it to ninety minutes uh, for the post game. So, good job there, guys. Yes, yeah, so we'll take we'll take <laughs> yeah.
4: that win. All right, guys. I'll see all you. on gave us the time on that. So, <laughs> yeah, my, my wife fun. gave me the yeah. time. Line. Yeah. All right. I'll see y'all. Gentlemen, go to bed. Yeah, be Much
5: love. Tomorrow. See y'all Peace later. Out.